Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. Getting a new vehicle can be stressful, but not at Lake Elsinore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. That's where surfers go inland to purchase their new and used vehicles. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at InherentBummer.com. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Surfa CBD, grown by surfers for surfers to help you maintenance your body after a lifetime of surfing. Follow us on Instagram at Surfa, S-E-R-F-A, CBD. Use promo code late night with Chalky at checkout for 20% off surfacbd.com. Earthpack, customized eco-friendly retail and e-com packaging since 1989. In a time of increasing environmental awareness, Earthpack is an advanced supplier of affordable recycled packaging for businesses of all sizes. Earthpack provides custom products and services and continues promoting sustainability while fulfilling the individual packaging needs of eco-friendly retailers nationwide. Check them out at earthpack.com. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Our, hallelujah. Our guests, two of them this week, are part of the Hurley family dynasty, pretty much adopted over here. He's, yeah. he's in the family yeah. with decades of experience. I think his nickname is Mark Hurley Simpson. <laughs> they saw... An opportunity in the surf industry to launch a clothing brand that was originally a surfboarding built board building brand from 1980. International Pro Designs IPD. IPD. Yeah, you know me. Their mission was to re- reignite surf culture through surfing by having fun, riding waves, and celebrating everything that made us fall in love with this sport and lifestyle. We welcome Bill. Nickname. Bill, Bill, yes. Bill Hurley, Bill. William, William. <laughs> there you go, Bill Hurley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and you're good looking Hurley. Yeah, <laughs> and you already introduced Mark. Yes, I'm Mark. Simo. I'm Mark. Simo. I'm Mark Simo. Simpson. Yeah, you can call me whatever. I'm good with Mark anything. and Bill. Mark and Bill's adventure. Mark and Bill's <laughs> excellent. <laughs> Well, actually, actually, it's more than that. It's Mark and Bill and Seth, Seth. and Eric. Yeah. And, All right, hey, and we gotta start this over. The damn it! <laughs> and a bunch of other guys and gals' adventures too. But it's been pretty. It's been pretty fun. I, I, I just kind of put two and two together. Obviously, you guys are both from Huntington, and so. 
probably when you guys were growing up, I bet that at some point in time you had a board with IPD on it. At some yes, point in time, I right? Yeah, I, did. I rode for A39, a Saku, yes. and uh, had boards from him, and I know he was under the umbrella. Yeah, for Bob, sure. yeah, Bob taught him out of shape. Yeah, and it's pretty rad. So, really when I first started really getting into surfing, uh, my friend Gus Buckner, you guys know Gus. I know the name. He got a board from, I think, Bobby Clean, but the board was actually um, Bobby Lockhart's, maybe? Mm -hmm. But it was a green and black. It was green with was black Bobby's rails, for sure. <laughs> Hurley, IPD. One, still to this day, it was like a double bump, like squash, mm -hmm. and it was one of the best boards I've ever. Twin fin? No, it was the thruster. Yeah. Early eighties. Yeah. 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 It's funny how how many of um of those surfboards have kind of come out of the woodwork yeah. over the last couple of years. Yeah. People like they just kept on they held on to it for some reason. And there's a lot of shops that I'll go into that yeah. like like uh, Mike Hisher from Wavelengths. Oh, yeah. You know he he gave us a, a you know IPD board on yeah. loan to have at the station, and they're just there's a lot of them out there. They're pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. You guys know Phil Lockman, right? Yeah. Yes. He came by the station and saw the, saw one of those boards, <laughs> and he wanted it really bad to ride in the contest, the retro contest. Oh, really? Yeah, those guys my, mom, do. my mom has a lot of the boards down there. But sure. it, it was Hisher's, so we had to get Hisher's permission. But those those boards are sick. And out of respect, oh. Mike Hisher, if you're listening to this, we did not let him ride. Your no, 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 no. He yeah. didn't. He didn't ride it. <laughs> but uh, it's pretty rad it's because pristine. those boards stand the test of time. They really do. They're good boards. Well, like fashion and style, things yeah. come back around, yeah. right? Yeah. And here we are, like. Yeah. Well, now, now you got kind of shapes going back to what they were—a little flatter, you know. Yeah. You know, less volume, a little less concave, more, you know, more volume. Mm -hmm. But I think Boxy now with really the way, yeah. like the fins are positioned, you know, gives it a lot. Yeah. A lot more drive and you know a lot more. I'm doing hand fingers, you guys. I'm, yeah, it was it was hard. James ripping with yeah. his hands. Right <laughs> it was hard for me because Bob was known for twin fins, and the yeah. best guys, Bobby Burchell, you know, all those guys were riding twin fins and Mark ripping Carter. on it. Mark Carter, Chipperl, like there was a bunch of them, yeah. but uh, I could not ride a twin fin, and to this day I can't ride a twin fin. I take off and I track, and I just whatever direction I'm pointing, that's the direction I yeah. go. And if I try and I can I can do a four fin a little bit. But uh, yeah, he was he was pretty well known for the. Uh, Have you done the two plus one setup yeah. yet? Yeah, Bob was right. Is that one the other for day. you or no? Yeah, like okay. like the nubby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's no. my go-to. Yeah, like, those, those are good. Yeah, for out here, that's yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. It's, it's I actually wave is a skate park. Yeah, I got a, a twin fin last year from um, Mike Wu. You know Mike Wu. I don't know him, but he's, I know he's, he's seen Rizal on those boards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was kind of through Riz. I was over in Bali and. Um, and Mike was like, yeah, I'm just going to make you a board, just like I made Kelly. I'm like, well, it's good, because I surfed just like Kelly. <laughs> only different. But um, I remember my only first... Different. My, yeah, only super different. But my first wave on the Twin Fin, it was um, it was at Karamas. And uh, oh, as you guys know, it's like, that's the easiest wave in the world to surf, right? Yeah. But man, slower, I suck. I was really bad on a Twin Fin. And I like, because I realized you don't have to turn hard. They just turn. And, yeah. and after three decades of surfing the thruster, like you're, you're completely conditioned to a different way of surfing but yeah they're they sure are fun once you kind of get it down a little bit yeah especially like with Lars it's perfect for Huntington Huntington especially because you know you yeah, a lot so of flat, flat spots yeah, yeah. you got to generate your own speed and yeah the twin fins it's like yeah, yeah. It's, it's as you write your life story you're far from finished are you looking to close the book on your job maybe turn a page in your career 
Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Instant freaking zing zing. You know, one of the coolest things I think that we did at, not we, but our company, our old company, Hurley, long time ago, two decades ago, do you guys remember the Twin Fin art show that we did? I kind of do. It was it was um, Joe Mack kind of yeah. crafted it, yeah. and we got all these shapers uh, from like kind of the that, that period. Area. Yeah, you know, like Sean Stussy. Oh, the Echo Beach. There was like an Echo Beach board in there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But all these guys like those early '80s Twin Fins. Yeah, and it was like a um, art show that we kind of toured around. You know, and had the playing stuff. It was that was, that was so cool was good. just seeing all those Twin Fins because. You know, back in that time, it was probably early 2000, maybe 2004, 2005, Twin Fins kind of hadn't come back on the scene yet. Yeah. So they you know, they just look like a archaic thing. Yeah. They're pretty neat pieces of art. Well, yeah. before we start, let's go back at the beginning yep. and uh, have you guys tell us where you grew up, where you found the passion of surfing. Mm-hmm. Start with uh, Mr. Bill. William Hurley. Okay, I'll start with, with the, the surf part. So we lived in Westminster. Yeah, right. Inland. Yeah, way inland, Westminster. Eight, mi- eight miles from the beach, down Beach Boulevard, riding your Schwinn with your surfboard. And, uh, a Schwinn. Yeah. So, so I started surfing because Bob had three fer- friends. They were a little older than me, yeah, four years older, and they started surfing, right? So I'm the little brother, so you want to start surfing because your brother does, right? Yeah. So I had a friend down the street, Mookie. I had a girl that lived next door, Michelle, which a girl surfing back then was pretty, pretty unique. Pretty rare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I had a friend, Davey Payne. So we had four kids. So we'd ride our bikes from Westminster with a little rickshaw with four boards on it that we built all the way to Bolsa Chica. You made your own rickshaw? Yeah. Yeah. And it was gnarly. Like, thinking about it is, is crazy. And that's a long way. Eight, so eight what, miles on a bike. Tell us what way. the rickshaw was well, made of. Well, it was two back tires, right? And then it was just like two by fours. And then you just like, I don't know how we did, we roped it or something to the neck of the bike. Sick. And we rolled it a couple times on yeah. the way. It sounds super yeah. safe. Yeah. Sounds super yeah, you safe. had any bumps so and two by fours and, and two rims, two back rims. Yeah, yeah, it was oh, crazy. Sick. It was crazy. It, that actually happened. We did that. So, um, yeah, so we, we we grew up surfing like that, you know, and then once we figured out how to drive and all that, then it, then it, uh, it got a little better. I started surfing Huntington. I was 12 years old. Uh, we, you know, after Bolsa Chica, after we kind of learned how to surf, we'd, we'd go to the pier and uh, we'd just stay there all day. Yeah. Like, how, how trippy is it, you know, going from Bolsa to a more like localized, legit. more legit spot, right? Because Bolsa, right. I mean, I think Bolsa was even better back then. Well, we called it Tin Can Beach where yeah. we surfed. Yeah. There used to be a lot of tin cans <clears throat> on it and I guess yeah. they, they called it Tin Can Beach. But uh, a yeah, back then. and then so you know started surfing, surfing Huntington you know, on really bad boards, and then uh, you know kind of evolved when Bob started shaping to better boards, and uh, you know our our family moved from Westminster when I was in uh, 
uh, eighth grade, we moved from Westminster to Pico Rivera. Oh, shit. Not, not the surf capital of the world. So oh. my dad lived in Huntington Park, and he needed to be closer to work. He couldn't do the drive anymore. So we moved the to... Traffic wasn't that gnarly back then, either. Oh, it was... So Pico Rivera was gnarly. I was like a full yeah. outsider. It was crazy. Did you, and, uh, did you, like, protest and say, no, Dad? Well, yeah, because we moved back to Huntington two years later. My parents knew that we couldn't. Yeah. It's just... We were surfing. Like, wow. You, yeah. you don't... You know, Downey's one thing. Pico Rivera is like, yeah. it's a whole yeah. other, whole other level. Yeah, no eight mile bike rides. Yeah. Like now you're talking like you ain't going. So yeah. what I would, what I would, what I would do is I would take the RTD, the rapid transit thing yeah. from Los Angeles, and then I and then I'd switch and get on the OCTD with my board, and I'd go stay at Bob's house. He lived on Fifth Street. Well, he Wait, lived, so he moved or he was yeah. old enough to move out? Yeah, he's five years, four years older than me. Okay. So he lived he lived on Eighth and Olive for a long time, and then he lived on Fifth Street. So I, you know, I'd go down and hang with him, and we'd surf. We'd surf the evening glass off. We surfed. We surfed at night a lot. I don't. You guys are probably too young, maybe not. But the pier used to be a lot lower. The, the original pier, the Woodland. Yeah. And the lights were really good, like fluorescent lights. So you could surf dark. Yeah. And I, it's really neat surfing at night. It's different. It gets. I don't know what it is. It just gives you a little different vibe. Yeah. So we, we. I remember going to see movies at the surf theater. Yeah. Wasn't it the surf theater. Yeah. Seeing a surf movie there and then going surfing Was afterwards. Was that Fifth yeah. Street? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was that, that was, was pretty sick. bad. The Golden Bear was there, all yeah. that stuff. But yeah, so we grew up in Huntington. You know, it was to think now that my parents let a twelve-year-old <laughs> take <laughs> yeah. the bus on his own. Yeah, and hang out in Huntington. Like Huntington was pretty gnarly back then. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Main Street wasn't the same. You know, the main, yeah. main Street wasn't the same Main Street. A lot of stoners, Pacific and... surfboards. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there was like the the Hessian corner. You know, the freaking like the. Rock, there was all kinds of different cultures down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. greasy. So, um, anyways, do you remember like what your first boards were? Or my first board was this green board that had been broken half. I think it was two boards. So the bottom was one board, the top was another that stuck out almost like a stinger, like two inches on each side, and it was painted with green latex. You're kidding? Yeah, me. I don't know where I got it. Two two separate boards. Two separate together. boards. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I... I don't think I, I've ever heard that. That's what I that learned That is on. nuts. Yeah, and, and it weighed like 20 pounds? Yeah, it was stupid. Yeah. And then... Uh, We're killer, though. You guys know, we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't have any money like to spend on, you know, wetsuits or whatever, and so yeah. we got a beaver tail. And that was what, a, what did your dad do for a living? My dad was in sheet metal. Okay. And actually, well, that's a different story, but me and Bob eventually got into sheet metal, too. That was kind of the first, the first job that we did. Mm. But um, Bob should have stuck with sheet metal. He might have turned out to be something then. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, did he take the wrong <laughs> Yeah, so, so he was a brake operator and a sheet metal mechanic, and I ended up being a welder and yeah, kind of kind of evolved. But uh, yeah, that's the extent of my surf career. And I, I I still surf. I love surfing. I surf. I don't know, probably five times a week. I see I see Lyndon out there surfing a lot. Not that much. <laughs> once in a while. Does that guy work over there? Once every whoa 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 whoa. Once every three. I'm about to cut that three, part out. Yeah. I surfed a little this morning. Networking. I, I, I didn't see him out there, so that's good. He wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't surfing. I think yeah. he might have got the second shift. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I mean, hey, a lot of good times surfing when we were young. Did uh, you surf contests at all? Never. I, I never. I never surfed good enough yeah. to surf contests. I think I surfed a city contest one city. time, and like twelve minute heats. And you top like, top six. Yeah, I think I didn't catch a wave. <laughs> <laughs> it just. It just it just wasn't for me, but yeah. Bill, do you like to go right or do you like to go left? Mark, I like to go left <laughs> a lot. Even at Surf Ranch, I like to go left. We were in a heat at Surf Ranch, Bill and I once, and he goes, "Hey, Mark, I'll give you all my rights if you give me your left." So I go, "No problem." So I'm a regular foot, and 
I remember it was the very top, Peter King's kid, Bunker, had the first wave, and he fell on the takeoff, and Bill was next up, and he was literally, the wave had been peeling for 10 seconds, like, oh my God, Bill's gonna get this one. It was I, at a right or left? It was a right, okay. and I just sat and watched as Bill just watched it just roll right under him, and you know what people would kill for waves yeah. on the surface? Because he was gonna hit you. Well, well, no, it was a, it was a mean, missed wave. It was yeah. a missed wave, well, and just gone. It was no open game. Here's and, the real story. You, got, you guys have surfed there, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's very nerve-wracking. Like, yeah, very nerve-wracking. They they say, hey, you got twenty seconds. They start doing the countdown. You got to be a certain distance from the yeah. wall. You got to paddle a certain way, or you're not going to catch it. So I was pretty. And everybody has an opinion to tell you yeah. advice, and you're hearing all these things. Yeah, Stephanie Gilmore gave me the best advice. She was. We went. Uh, there was a Hurley contest there, so me and Bob were there, and she was back, and Bob introduced me or whatever, and I go. She knew I was going to surf surf it, you know. So so I said it. He goes, I'll ask her. I go, hey, Stephanie, what's your best advice for me? She goes, the wall is your friend on the left. Stay close to the wall. And she was right. Yeah. I guess it's, I've never surfed a right there, but I, I, think, it, I think it's different on the rights. Hey, I've only surfed four waves here. It's definitely a tricky, more tricky backside, you know? Like the yeah. way, you know, yeah. the, the angle is and the way you look yeah. at you know, the for approach. Sure. I mean, you watch guys surf it, it doesn't look like yeah. the guys that really know how to surf looks yeah. just as easy both ways, but... From experience, I'd rather go front side for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stephanie Gilmore gave you advice. I got advice from um, another world champion, Peter King. <laughs> um, no, he, seriously, he goes. Uh, Mister knows everything. He's pretty pretty well, good surfer. No, he goes like this. He goes, "Okay, Simpson. He goes, here's here's what you do. He goes, you're gonna get on that wave and you're gonna try to rip, but don't rip. You know why? I'm like, why? He goes, because you don't rip. <laughs> I go, okay. He goes, everybody thinks, he goes, everybody thinks they rip, but they don't rip. Yeah. He goes. Go fast, make the wave. Make and, the wave. and it was really, honestly, the best advice ever. I have yeah. to post this video that I took of Larson yeah. uh, surfing yeah. at Surf Ranch because yeah. he's trying to rip. Yeah. He rips, but he's trying to rip mm -hmm. at Surf Ranch. Yeah. And he keeps I'm falling. Yeah. He keeps you know, falling and get caught behind. I, he yeah. keeps falling. I'm just like, don't blow it! Don't, don't blow it! You're trying too hard! You're trying to... And every single time, he would fucking blow it. I, I still trip when I see people, like, average good surfers doing turns. Like, don't yeah. do... Don't, don't. Yeah. Well, don't. Skip back. I, yeah. That was the second time. First time, it felt like I just went straight and waited for the barrel. So the second trip, I was like, I want to freaking do some turns, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I did some turns, <laughs> and then you just get caught that one speck yeah. of water behind. And, and, you and then you're second, one And then you can't get around. I'm yeah. like, no! Well, you don't want to waste a wave. There, right? You don't yeah. want to waste the wave. Yeah. yeah. That's so that's, my point was Bill doesn't like to go rides even at Surf Ranch. <laughs> yeah. So what happened to that wave? I got it. Okay. There you go. <laughs> that was uh why he did that. I got it. Have I you got missed a, good, a, good a wave there? No. I, has, I got it. I got it. Oh. A couple oh. times. <laughs> a couple times. You talking about me falling on a turn. Hey, shut your mouth when I'm talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, how do you miss a wave? Bro. It's pretty easy because of the, the stress that's involved. I yeah. Pat told, Pat told me that um, I think Rabbit missed his first three waves. Whoa. Bartholomew? Yes. Wow. And was just gutted. Oh. I think, yeah. uh, um, sorry, Kelly Rose uh, Sorensen, but he did too. Yeah. <laughs> on the on the trip that we took him mm -hmm. on. Well, you called yourself out, see? Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. well, he was gutted too. One, of our, one time we were there, one of our friends uh, uh, took his son. Uh, Max Boyd, you yeah. know Max Boyd, and uh, Max was just gonna get one wave. Okay, eleven-year-old kid, and uh, paddled for it, missed it, and so I felt bad for him. So I gave him one of my waves, yeah. and he paddled for it and missed it, oh. and 
freaked out, cried, went in, oh. zipped himself in a, in a board bag. And uh, Max, <laughs> Max, you remember that, buddy, if you're listening to this. I apologize for just outing you. But he zipped himself in a board bag. He was Dude. so bummed. Oh. I felt so bad for I him. think I would be bummed, too, especially at that age. And now Max really? has been back a couple times and he rips. Yeah. Yeah. Surf's Ocean Beach. Yeah. Awesome. So, so going back to William. Yeah, yeah. Um, your brother started shaping at how old? Pretty young. Pretty young? Yeah, I don't, I don't know the exact age. I would guess probably... And did that... I would say 20. Did you want to start shaping too, or...? He offered to teach... He used to shape in his garage on uh, Olive and 8th. Tiny little garage. Yeah. But, um... I hope I get my stories. <laughs> He's probably listening going, ah. But, uh... <laughs> I could not handle the dust. The, the, the foam dust? Okay. Like, on my fingers. Like, that feeling... I just... Just couldn't do it. So, so no, I never, I never shaped. Okay. But he shaped me a lot of boards and a lot of great boards. And so up until he, you know, a few years back when he sort of retired from shaping, I always rode his boards. Yeah. Loved them. Grew, it, up, grew up on them. It was like, there was a lot of shapers, probably more than there are today, like back Especially, in the day. You know, yeah. like, like it was kind of more Especially like... Especially in HB, right? Yeah, definitely. And it's, it seemed like it would, it'd be hard to, to like sell your brand or your label or your mm -hmm. board because there's you know so many so little clicks but i mean if you rip like bob or if you rip like he just know, he worked really hard a lot of the guys really hard yeah i think like, that helps he was yeah. he, I, I don't mean no he, I, he was he was shaping like i don't know 10, he, 10 hours a day and then at one point he had three little kids and he lived on on federal and he worked really hard really who hard. did he um like get taught by who did he? I don't know. Learn? You don't know? No, I don't. Because it's a. Uh, I mean, one story that I heard when you know he started, when people started asking for his boards, for Bob to shape boards, and then for him to create a label, uh, Pie, Aaron Aaron Pie, Pie yeah. I guess, like, said, "Hey, man, like, you know, I want to carry your boards," and like, gave him a check and he, said, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. He, he gave him the opportunity, which is pretty. He, he gave he gave him a check and said to make me six boards of whatever you want. Yeah. That was a cool story that I, yeah. I will never forget. And I also remember Pi was saying, you know, like we talk about side hustles and um, Bob was a, a shaper by day and then they, they cleaned homes at night or cleaned apartments at night or something. Yeah, like him that. and Shelly did. And he worked at the spaghetti factory for yeah, a little bit as a waiter right. and then uh, sheet metal with me. So this is good to hear. You yeah, know, like everybody always hard like, working. Yeah, wants to know like you know how do you get ahead in life? And it's like, dude, hustle. You put your head down. You yeah. work. Sheet metal, yeah. spaghetti <laughs> factory, shape, sell your company to Nike. Yeah, <laughs> boom. What, Those what, are the ten easy. What's the ten easy steps? What's the, yeah, just, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, not only that, just. Have a really successful licensee of Billabong yeah. in America and yeah. just be like, no, nah, I'm going to start yeah. over. He forgot Billabong. <laughs> yeah. That's a north. Wow. He forgot Billabong. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't, it's funny with the Billabong thing, like when we, when we transitioned uh, to Hurley, like for Bob, it was not a big deal. Like he, he's a risk taker. He just yeah. does what he thinks and he yeah. goes for it. I'm I don't, don't want to like, keep jumping around here, okay. yeah. but going back to, to you as a youngster. <laughs> Sorry. In, Sorry. I, should, I need to shut up. So Pico Rivera. Then you moved back to Huntington, right? Moved back, back to Huntington. So went from El Rancho High School in Pico Rivera to Huntington Beach High. What did, sorry, that, what, what did you do like after, what were you doing there? Were you in sports and? At El Rancho? Mm -hmm. I watched uh, gang fights at lunchtime with golf clubs. No fucking way. Yeah, and I ran home from school. 
Wow. Yeah, it was heavy. How, where do they get golf clubs? <laughs> <laughs> somebody had, that was just one fight. But where, where is, yeah. there's, no, there's no golf. Somebody uh, happened to have one and it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. But hey, mom there's and no dad, golf. this is. Courses in Pico. This isn't going to end well if we stay here. It was interesting though. They, El Rancho had an amazing football team, like yeah. best in class, CIF and all that. And so at lunchtime in the quad, there'd be the football guys on one side, and nobody messed with the football guys. And then there was the gang guys on the other side, and they would mess with everybody else, but not the football guys. Yeah. Yeah. It was, so Pico it was Rivera, wild. is it uh, Hispanics, Hispanics and... Well, when I went there, it was, it was almost entirely Hispanic. Yeah. Like, I would say 90%. Yeah. Yeah. A couple surfers. You know, really? So, yeah. So I, you know, and and I and I, I had some uh, uh, a couple friends that were football players too. So it all worked out good. But yeah, moving back to Huntington, going to Huntington for a year and a half, and then I graduated from there. Yeah. Which is well, I think um, you know I, I come from Long Beach and grew up in Long Beach, and my school was way diversified, way culturally, you know, universal. And yeah, I think that for me, it's like. I think that's a great way to grow up and, and kind of deal with oh yeah those Learn, crazy problems. Learned a ton. It was rad. But oh. gang fights with golf clubs. <laughs> that yeah. is that was heavy. Yeah. Did yeah. you play sports at all or no? Um, I we played sports when we were kids. We played little league and we played uh, pop Warner. Nice. And uh, Bob was better at sports than me. People probably don't know that about him, but he was a really good basketball player and a quarterback. White man can't jump, dude. Yeah, he played. <laughs> he, he played shortstop and pitcher. So he was he was he was really good. Wow. But yeah, I, I did a little bit of that. Played a little tennis, but nothing crazy. Mostly mostly surfing. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so we'll stop there with you. We'll head on over to Sino. Sino. Sino, mate. Well, I also come from a super, super diverse, uh, ethnically different, um, really a dangerous neighborhood of the mean streets of Irvine. It was, <laughs> Irvine? It was, yeah, yeah, it was gnarly, you guys. It's Irvine, Irvine, Irvine in the 80s was, oh. yeah, Woodridge High School, baby. There were golf clubs. So, yeah, so you made fun of him Between. for being from inland. I was even further inland, right? But I will say this, and I, I will dispute anybody that would like to argue this. I think for an inland town, Irvine has produced more good surfers, myself notwithstanding, than any other inland town. Guess. Name them. <laughs> Smirk. Smirk's from... Kevin Geis. Sean Hoyland. Okay. Right? There's yeah, a, yeah, lot, yeah. a lot of guys from there. Who's the... Alan, Alan Lopez. Oh, yeah. Okay. Steve Alt. Wow. You got... Yeah. <laughs> Mark Simpson. <laughs> so oh, that guy. Mike Siddell. No, um... Yeah, Smirk actually lived one street over from us, and I used to get all of his hand-me-downs from no Stussy's. Yeah, I used to ride his old Stussy's and stuff. Gosh. So in any case, but yeah. I also grew up at um, uh, El Moro Trailer Park. Wow. Nicest trailer trash in the world. Yeah, my, my grandma bought a place there in the early 60s. Nice. She was from, my, my dad, uh, he grew up in Burbank, and that, the inland community there was buying... Like, I don't know why, but they bought trailer a lot place. of trailers down in, in El Moro. Remember that place? Is, isn't Beautiful it weird space. that... You know, it was insane. Yeah. It was unbelievable. It's weird how up and down the coast, the best places to live, there's a trailer park. Um, yep. Yeah. Like, community. Yeah. Well, those are... You know? Like, there's one right here. Yeah. yeah. And then there's one, like, 
that beach boulevard. If yeah. you're able to buy Ooh. land and, and build a trailer park, that's yeah. that's a good business. Well, it was right it, it was yeah. awesome. So that's that's really the beach I grew up on. Um, so because I was you know grew up in Irvine, but then I surfed Newport all the time, and I surfed a lot at El Moro. Back then, it was it was still a private beach actually, and if you wanted to get in there, you had to park up at Scotchman's. Cove, yeah. they call it, you know, yeah. and walk, you know, two miles down the beach or whatever. And then Killer the waves there too. It can, Summertime? It, yeah, it can get good. I mean, it's usually pretty not good, but yeah. it, it Where's has a surf in Newport. It, it has its day. 54th Street. Yeah, 54th and River, really. Tried how how did you get into surfing? Well, um, again, just kind of growing up at El Moro, I, you know, I just literally grew up in the ocean, you know, just body, you're on the beach all summer long, right? Yeah. And, um, but there know, wasn't a lot of surfers in El Moro. Was there? There were or were not? Were. Were there? There were. Yeah, there were. There was a big, like, Stussy contingency. Mm. You know, like the North Laguna thing. You know, Doug Bunting, um, a guy named Ray Acosta. You know, there's a lot of guys that lived in El Moro that surfed right out there. It, so. was, a, it was a go-to spot in the, in the summer for, like, I mean, good yeah. seven, eight months yeah. of the year. It's, it's breaking. Yeah. 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 When hurricane swells, it'll break out in the cove. And it gets, I don't know, I don't think it gets very good anymore. But there's still guys that surf it all the time. Oh, there's heavy locals there. Yeah. That's what I always heard. No, there is. I've experienced that. It was yeah. all. It, yeah. yeah. It, it was never bad, I don't think. <laughs> no, it's Well, there bad. was one guy named Bill Hood that was really mean. And we were scared shitless of Bill Hood. And um, he was pissed all the time and grumpy. He lived in the canyon. Uh, yeah, he was scared. He was the only one that was scared. Otherwise, people were pretty friendly. But then again, I had a place in there, so I guess they had to be nice to me. Yeah. So you in know. Irvine, were you had any uh, schoolmates you were surfing with, or just you'd go down to Grandma's place? And then yeah, no, I would surf with a bunch of guys from there. We have Steve Alt. I surf with a lot. I don't know if you guys know Steve, but he's from Irvine. He surfed really, really good. Sean Hoyland um, went to university, but you know he surfed a lot and. Uh, if we couldn't get a ride in, we'd take the, the bus, the OCTD, the 65, I think mm -hmm. it was, take the OCTD on, uh, rode, rode bikes a couple times, you know, and then realized that's too far to ride bikes. Um, Hilly too, right? Yeah, kind of. But otherwise, it was just usually El Moro, yeah. or if we could get a lift down and, and surf, surf Newport. My first board, um, pretty interesting story, actually. It's uh, Russell Surfboards, 6'6", yeah. six, six Russell Singlefin, uh, shaped by Sean Stussy. Back when, in the late 70s when he was he was uh, shaping for Russell. Kind of cool. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, I, that board, after I kind of grew out of it and on the other surfboards, that became the board at El Moro that everybody learned on. Like, so it went around to all my friends and it became cool. like everyone's first board. And remember when the trailers caught on fire? Remember yeah. that one, that fire, the, the whole thing went up in flames? Well, the board was under one of my friend's trailers and I thought it was gone. Turns out he had pulled it out and put it in his truck the day before the fires for some weird reason. So my board survived. He gave it back to me. About this time, I had moved to Northern California. So this is about 25 years ago. And the board was really beat up and it had been through a bunch of people. So I gave it to my friend Rick Dillon from Fat Cat Surf Shop in Fairfax to fix dings. I go, Rick, I want you to fix this board, make it watertight because I want to teach my son to surf on it when wow. I have a kid. I had a one-year-old kid at the time, right? I gave Rick the board completely forgot about it no joke 18 years later he called me up and goes hey mark it's it's rick from fat cat oh and i go hey my. what's up rick and he goes dude you're, you're a hard guy to find and i go not really i've had the same phone number 25 years and he goes well your board's done <laughs> I, swear, I swear to you it was an 18 year long ding repair that i'd forgotten about and he said it just sat in the corner of his room and just haunting him. And so he goes, I had to finish it for you, Mark. That's And so I got, I got the board back and I actually have that at my house. I actually rode it at Surf Ranch last year. Whoa. It sucked. Whoa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I blew it away. The big repair was $3 18 years ago, and then now it's 300 Yeah, it's in the station right now. So You have it at the station. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Yeah, it's really cool. And I, it's funny, I had that up on Instagram. I kind of told that story because I obviously like to talk a lot, and my Instagram gets pretty long, too. People make fun of me. But Sean hit me up and goes, hey, is there a little... Uh, bamboo thing on the very back of the stringer towards the back of different color wood and I go yep he goes oh okay I shaped that board that, that was my thing back then Sean Stussy yeah wow. wow isn't that cool that instead is, of signing yeah. it because it was under somebody else's label I he, guess he yeah. did a little yeah he would, he would put like this I think this small like darker color part of the stringer or yeah. something like that pretty neat well, that is really yeah so I still have that it's pretty cool I think so, it's a collector yeah and that guy's Inland Inlander too right who's Sean he, yeah Garden uh, Grove, right? I heard he yeah, was like Garden I, Grove. I think Garden Grove, but then Huntington, then Laguna, and yeah. now Montecito. Yeah. And Kauai. Yeah. <laughs> He's crushing it. He's crushing it. Montecito by way of Kauai. Yeah. You know, he, um, I, during, uh, during COVID, Sean shaped a lot of boards. I don't know if you guys know this or not. You know, but he doesn't do, doesn't do like production runs, right? And yeah. basically only kind of shapes boards for friends and people he knows and, and whatnot. But, he, the highest bidder. He was kind of locked in. You know, we were all kind of locked in, and so I guess he just kind of hammered out a ton of surfboards. That's and killer. I actually went up there to pick up a couple, and there was literally probably a hundred boards just sitting there that were made for nobody. Wow. And so uh, about six months ago, he had a, a kind of a the yard sale at Doug Bunting's house. And, I remember and seeing it was those insane. posts. Yeah, uh, fifty boards, thousand bucks a board. They were gone in under an hour. Yeah. I mean, they were sick. That guy. Yeah, those are it was pieces heavy. of art for they, sure. They're, they're, beautiful. they're beautiful. I'm sure you, everybody would, that could afford it would probably just go ride it. And then there's a lot of people that just want it for like, yeah. wall art. Yeah. I forget who told me um, they said that they thought Sean was a better like furniture builder than a shaper. That's right. Yeah. He I heard furniture. that from somebody. I, remember, I forget. I forget who told us that. I remember yeah. that. Like he's just he's, he's pretty artistic. Seems to be pretty and good like at whatever he does. Yeah. And um, Brett Coates. You guys know Brett Coates? Yeah. They were, heard. He, he actually told us um, way back in the day uh, Sean bought a parcel right mm -hmm. at the ranch. Yeah. And I guess he built a home right? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. So he built a home for like I don't even know, like a million something, mm -hmm. right? And as soon as it was done, somebody pulled up and said, I'll give you quadruple the amount of what you just Because it's probably spent. a beautiful craftsman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, and the guy, and shot sold it. Yeah. Like, what? Wow. Like, how, I mean... Yeah. The guy's just got the Midas touch. Yeah, that's a, that was a good investment. But this show is not about Sean Stussy. No, so why not? It's pretty amazing. Okay, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I just uh, went. Did you to, surf contests and stuff? I, I did. I, pre I pretended like I was going to be good, and I was very middle of the pack. I surfed uh, NSSA. Wow. And um, you were good. Oh well, no, no, no. I, I lost in the quarterfinals a lot at NSSA. Um, I made a couple finals, I think. Um, That's uh, but that era though, there was a lot of good people. Yeah, it was a lot. It was like the national team back then was like Wolcott. And um, Chris Burke, yeah, you know that kind of that era, right? Yeah. And the younger kids were like Booth and uh, David Eggers, you know. I was never at that level at all, but I liked the contest. I like surfing in, and I yeah. do okay every once in a while. But I was not. It was 
it was not to be, and I knew that. But that was part of the surf, like growing up, you know. Yeah, like yeah. there were so many contests, and that's where you wanted to go yeah. meet and surf different places up yeah. the coast and down the coast. And yeah, it was, I mean, it was, what, what was your fun. like surf shop that you like to go to? Um. Again, because I was inland, there wasn't really a shop, you know. But I'd say the main one back then for me was Newport Surf and Sport, you know. Back then when it was right across from where Russell is now, but also Russell Surfboards, you know. It was that's where I got my first board, so I kind of have a special allegiance to that place. So, yeah. so I kind of um, did you ever get sponsored there? Uh, yeah, I did. I actually was sponsored by Infinity Surfboards. Sick. Yeah. Wait, done. Yeah. No. Uh, but when they were out of San Juan Capistrano. So, because okay. I used to also surf Salt Creek. See, being from inland, you can really kind of rove around and surf at a lot of different places. Yeah. Right? Which I think was kind of beneficial, you know? Was that your um, home break, kind of? Salt Creek? Or? No. No, Newport was. Newport. Newport yeah. was, but I did surf Salt Creek a lot. And um, I've always liked moving around a lot. I used to go down to surf Northern Baja all the time. Yeah. Mark likes big waves, too. I don't like big waves anymore. Yes. <laughs> I don't. That's not true. <laughs> that, that's 100%. Lyndon's never liked big waves. I've ridden, a couple, I've ridden a couple of big waves enough to know that I don't like big waves anymore. Yeah. Especially yeah. now that I'm older. Amen. I did it. I survived. I'm kidding. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you kind of have to, though, because, like I said, I moved to Northern California about 25 years ago. And so Ocean Beach became where I surf. And if you're going to surf up there, you kind of have to adapt and, yeah. and do it, you know. But, you know, people have said, like, what's it like surfing up there? And I go, well, ever since I moved up, I've become a worse surfer, but a better paddler. Yeah, <laughs> you know? for sure. And, and I've dealt with really cold water and figured out that's gnarly, too. Yeah, like, yeah there's, a lot, of guys, there's I, a lot of guys. I hate, like, hate cold waves. I get hurts up there. Yeah. Ocean's, or, uh, Ocean Beach, it's so ominous yeah there's a lot of it's and it's it gets a big really, big playing really, 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 really good but you it's so know. like gnarly not you know? all the time but yeah it gets really gnarly yeah you <laughs> wouldn't know it by the amount of people out there now it's 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 as crowded as newport yeah it's cra- it's pretty crazy yeah you know i'm sure avery can surfing, chime in, you know? surfing is so hot right now bro. yeah yeah, yeah. Bunch of soft tops out there? No, I doubt so, it. So hey, no, not true not true i was at out at middle of the beach last year on a proper double overhead day and there was these three dudes sitting out there on wave storms not joking yeah. i don't know how they got outside yeah. and they weren't paddling for it's waves. it's hard to get out there oh god i'd smash those out. guys yeah yeah it took me half an hour to get out there and these three guys that can't even surf are out there on wave storms yeah. it was amazing but oh, it's pretty scary. it's pretty crazy so did you were sponsored by infinity yeah i just yeah but super low level you know i got did you get deep, a clothing sponsor no no it? clothing sponsor what was your what was your first job um my first job was uh Please tell me paper route. Uh, well, no. Okay. It was a paper route, Jay. Yes. Mine was. It was a paper route. Right here. Okay. I delivered the Irvine World News. And yeah. then, after I was done doing that, I worked at uh, Mobile Oil Corp, a gas station, Sick. back when people, human be- when human beings used to full operate service. full service. Yeah. yeah. Soft, check your, check your, uh, top, uh, did you wear a hat? Uh, I don't think, I don't remember wearing a hat, but I do remember leaving two pumps in the cars and having the car drive away no. <laughs> and getting it pulled out. Nobody oh, does that. Yeah. Uh, so I did that once and then one time I put... Uh, this would be enough. Then one time, <laughs> not for me. And then one time I filled up uh, a car, a diesel, with unleaded. Because oh. I didn't even drive, so I didn't know. Did, did they? Ouchie. <laughs> full, full How long did you get before we got fired? <laughs> they never shit canned me. But the, full, but the full service gas stations were a thing back then and they would oh, check yeah. your... Fill it oil, up. fill yeah. up your water, uh, do your windows, do your windows, yeah. time pressure. It truly did, was full service. Yeah. Did they? Did you get tips at all? Did people tip no. change? Nothing, no. right? People didn't tip back then. No, because no. I remember oh, my parents no. going through. And I don't remember a tip. I, I think it would be 
No, that maybe a cool good. job if yeah, you're like making some extra yeah. scratch, but right? Yeah, you're just dirty. It's so funny how there's so many jobs that are yeah. obsolete. Yeah, like yeah. that. Well, I haven't been uniforms. Like yeah, you, I haven't been to have anything. I had a mobile uni with my name on it. Yeah, yeah. the patch. I'd give anything to have that. Back. I haven't like been to Japan in quite a while, and I know you guys <laughs> have been there. And it's like NASCAR. They come out in like a team uh, in Japan. Japan. Oh, everything's yeah. like yeah. that. Like Japan. Uniform. Yeah, and there, there's like six. Everyone's know, dressed to the hilt. That's yeah. cool. Just like to that. impress and like, like you know where the, the person working there. Yeah, because yeah. their, their getup is telling you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so 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 uh, yeah, mobile oil corp, and then um, yeah, I just went on and graduated high school, went to college up in Northern California, went to San Jose State. Um, wow, look at the big uh, brain on Simo. No, not a big brain. And um, you know, I for some reason have always kind of had this northern instinct. You know, I'm not sure why, but I, I a lot of people went to San Diego. I went the opposite direction. I yeah. knew there was good surf in. Santa Cruz, and I knew that San Jose State had journalism as a major, which was my major. So I go, I guess I'll go there. And um, so I went to school what, up there. What got you into journalism? I like, I, I still do like writing a lot. I never do it, but I love reading and writing. And um, what was yeah. your like career choice? Um, T-shirt salesman. <laughs> no, uh, I decided I wanted to make a little bit of money. I know, but so. Uh, I mean, you I, go to college thinking I, well, you're going to get a career for Yeah, college, I thought, right? I, you know, I didn't know. You know, when you're a kid, you don't know. You, but I know I like writing, so I guess I'll go study that. What am I going to become? A writing teacher, a creative writer? Okay. You know, that's kind of, in college, I kind of realized, wait, I can't really make a lot of money with this. I didn't want to be a, go down the news reporting side of journalism, you know. Yeah, or be a teacher. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, is that another option? Yeah, my parents wanted me to be a teacher. They were both teachers. Yeah. yeah. And I said, Dad, I, I can't live on... Twenty-four thousand dollars a year, which is, I think, what teachers were making back then. Yeah, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, summer's surf. off, though, bro. I know. <laughs> I know. I gotta go surf. You I get Easter surf. break off. I, ironically enough, one of my three sons actually is going to school right now, studying history. There's a TV show, and, and he it wants my three my sons. Yeah, my middle son. He um he wants to be a teacher, a history teacher in high school. Oh, nice. But uh, so it's pretty pretty rad. In any case, surf Santa Cruz a lot. Um, used to surf uh, Moss Landing. A lot, which was just a no great, sharks there, right? Great, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I heard there's no great sharks. great wave. Um, I probably shouldn't even say that out loud, but I don't surf there anymore. So yeah. sorry, guys. Um, I'd surf Onion Nuevo a lot back then. Whoa, too, which is really, really good. Isn't um, that the yeah. sharkiest? Yeah, yeah, both those. Yeah, places. but it's really shallow. I don't. I don't feel yeah, sharky. Don't I don't feel shark. I don't feel sharky there because you're. It's seriously so shallow. Hmm. I feel it doesn't feel sharky. I don't know if that means anything. But I'm sure they're there. If you don't feel it, then yeah, yeah. you're you're yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> well, the island right out there on Nuevo Island is a like a great white breeding ground. Yeah. And it's just two miles off. That should tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, no. But I've when seen. The we, head, I've seen. Kind of get dumb. I, I've seen. Actually, it was at Moss Landing. We saw um, a seal elephant just with a huge bite out of it. Yeah. yeah. Tasty. <laughs> Gosh. Out. Not real smart. The craziest story. You just sparked this memory. You guys probably know this dude. He was the CI rep. Witherspoon? Mike Witherspoon. Remember him? Rest in peace. Rest in peace. But he, I, I met him through Huntington Serpent Sport, mm -hmm. and him and his buddy used to come in, like, before he was a rep. I don't know what he did, but <clears throat> they were from up north, right? Yeah. Something like Originally, that? Originally, yeah, East Bay. So, okay. so they came in one day, and, you know, we're talking, and they're buying, like, boards and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, where are you guys from? I go, oh, yeah, you know isn't that sharky he's like and they kind of both like you know shook their heads and they're like they're like yeah we just had a, a crazy thing yeah. happen to us the other day and i'm like what happened he's like 
So they're all, you know, they suit up, booties, wetsuit, hood. They get their boards. They're on some, like, boulder rocks, right? And they're about to jump in, right? Timing the timing the Surge. shore break. Mm-hmm. And fucking, they're sitting on, on the rocks ready to, to, to jump in. And all of a sudden, they hear this, they see this fucking seal, elephant seal. Mm-hmm. And it washed up on the shore. And it had huge gouges, fresh gouges out of the side of it. Like mm-hmm. it was just... It was just... Yeah. Just bit. And they're like... So no surf? No surf. <laughs> hey, see, along those lines, um, so my oldest wow. son, Jack, and I, my, he he, uh, he graduated from Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo last year. Nice. And um, he and I were going surfing one day, and we were going to check this little spot kind of north of Cayucas, if you know where Cayucas is. Mm-hmm. And we're literally walk out to this little point, and we're looking out there. He had surfed it the day before with just one other guy, little right-hander. And there's some kelp beds about 100 yards out, and we were just sitting there watching. And we literally saw a seal get absolutely blown up right wow. there in the kelp beds. And, yeah. like, it was not even questionable, like, that was a shark. Yeah. We did not surf. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm glad there's no sharks in Newport and Huntington. Hey, you guys, uh, I think it's, it's, a, it's a sharky down it's here right now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was like, it. Yeah. oh, it's crowded? Okay, cool, I'm out there. Oh, there's only two guys? Uh, I don't know. Shark, yeah. <laughs> two or three years ago, it seemed like everyone was posting, like, shark Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially well, at Surfside. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's all. It's just they commute. You know. Yeah. Enough to coast yep. here. They come and have their babies, and then they kind of hang out, and get fat, and then they start moving down. But it's you know scary. An, an interesting story. I never. Um, I used to. Uh, again, I'm not a. I'm not a swimmer. But I. Do you know? You know Ryan Sirianni from Roar? Yeah. Okay. So so Stewie's up there. Yeah. He lives up in Sausalito, right? Yeah. Right by me, actually. Um, so he and I used to do the Alcatraz swim. Okay. What? And and yeah, where the ferry would take you out, and you go to Alcatraz, and you hop off the ferry right there, and you swim back in to um, how many miles? Aquatic Park. It's like one point two miles. It's not that bad. You're fucking. But we go. Crazy. Uh, but crazy currents. They have, two, they have two divisions. They have they have uh, skins or suits. So we always just wear speedos, and just hammered it out. Uh, what people used to go? Hey, there's sharks in the bay, and, and like, there's no sharks in the bay. Like, I, there was no sharks inside the bay. The it's bay, only the ocean. There's no reason to go in there. And then, uh, one year, a couple weeks before the swim, I don't know if you guys remember this video footage, but the the ferry actually has a camera on it, and it was docked right where we would jump off. And a, and a shark came up and just absolutely blew up a seal. And it was on the camera. You could YouTube it right now. And I said, I'm not going to do that swim anymore. Yeah, yeah. Go how, how, on that. how in the world did you think that there would be no sharks? <laughs> what, I mean, what, come what, on, what, dude. what motivated you to swim in 50 whatever degree yeah, water it's, it's just one of those, across the bay? One of those things. He's similar. No, it's one of those. It's fun. Nuts. It was fun. So... These guys, hey, one year, these guys thought we were going to drown. People literally thought that Ryan and I were going to drown because, you know, we're not swimmers, but we surf. And so we, our arms know what to do. And so we figure we could do it. And there's all these people like triathletes. They're, yeah. eat, they're eating all the goo and stuff like that. And the funny thing is, is that we had gone out the night before and we had kind of a big night at the old 2 a.m. club in Mill Valley. <laughs> and we're a little bit rough around the edges, unfortunately. And so on the boats, they have, um, there's a, there's a bar, right, and a little restaurant on these ferries. And even though it's six in the morning, seven in the morning, and no one's drinking, like the bartender has to be on duty legally. Yeah. So Ryan goes, "Hey, Mark, 
should we have a beer? Yeah. And I go, yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah. And, uh, and, the and, and so we sat there and we, we had a Budweiser, each of us, much like Dorothy, <laughs> right? Yes. And, um, and people were looking at us going, are, are you guys gonna make it? <laughs> we don't have any other choice. And, I, and Ryan finished 27th out of 300 people. Not really. I He's a good athlete. think you guys are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. What, if I still did that, I would be stupid. Yeah. Crazy. Gosh. How many times did you do that? Uh, three or four. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah. Fool me once, shame on me. Yeah. Oh. Even worse, I put my kids through. They, two of them have done it too. No. Yeah. They're, they're swimmers. They're like they played water polo and stuff, and they're you know they'll be all right. They'll be all right. So, before we get to your industry mm-hmm. uh, experience, go back to Mr. William. Okay, I just have one quick little story before that, <laughs> just because I was just thinking about it. So my first trip to the Mentwise. Yes. Both you guys were out on that trip. I know. And I don't know what year it was, but so... 2011. I, I was scared to death, right? Because it's a reef. I'd never surfed a reef before. I always surf easy sandbars, Huntington, yeah. Newport. So we go there, the adventure and everything. And so we end up at Lance's, of course. Best right in the world, but I don't care about rights. Was McGroder yeah. your captain? Uh, McGroder was the captain. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So we, uh, we pull up there, and it's Jay. It's Brad Gerlach. It's oh. Pat O'Connell. Oh, it's you probably know who else was on there. That's yeah, I was there. That's yeah. you were surfing macaronis though. I think you were on that. That was a different time. Yeah, different oh, was? Trip. yeah. Okay. I think you guys been out there almost every time. Who else? <laughs> out there. Who else was on that trip? Uh, it was Pat Gurr, Damian Hobgood, me. September Benji sessions. Sa- Benji yeah. Saxon. Oh yeah, Saxon. And, oh, uh, the cool guys. The waves June, were. June. The waves. Joe, waves Joe. were. They were perfect. I, yeah. It was. I mean, that place is always good, but it yeah. was three to five feet and the best waves I've ever seen in my life. And it was watching you guys like tear it apart and then just like kind of dreaming. It was pretty neat. So yeah, we anyways. got good waves on that trip. Yeah, like really good. That's a fun wave on your yeah. backhand, huh, Bill? Like, that's <laughs> a, I, I've been there before, and that was the first time I surfed HTs when it was like second reef and rolling into like double, double up on the first. Yeah. I'm like, this is like a mini chopu right here. It was yeah. like. There's a like legit like swell. Crazy. We got yeah. no can do we rights. Rifles. Rifles. Yeah. yeah. Scary for an as, HP guy. As good as it gets. So <laughs> that time that I saw you guys was the only time I've ever been. Right? Yeah. But how fucking funny was it that you guys were there? <laughs> right? The first time we went to macaronis. Yeah. And it's funny, I think Bob paddled out. And I'm like, dude, I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm, I'm here with you right now. <laughs> and it was, I think I was talking to these guys too about it. I'm like, dude, Bob's, Bob's out there every, here. I've been out there quite a few times and Bob's out there every time. Yeah. Bob, I, I think we're not that day or so, Wednesday. So I, I go, Bob, I go, so you've been here quite a bit, huh? And he goes, yeah, yeah. I go, how many times? And he starts counting it. And he's he like, doesn't. Uh, he goes, I come here maybe like, three or four times a year so I've been coming here for yeah. and he keeps thinking and thinking I go fuck you dude well <laughs> I remember right when the Indies 3 rolled up I'm like that Bob's probably yeah. on no joke he goes howling out like hey guys yeah I'm you guys my booze yeah. I'm like this is epic anyways you were you were ripping on that trip Thanks. I left it a really couple things from that trip 
Dude, you're already on the podcast. There's yeah. no need to. Hey, no. Lemon, listen up. It, it left a lasting impression. It was that, and it was Brad Gerlach on the plane, like holding court, doing a comedic routine. Oh, my he was, gosh. He was so I don't know him very good, but he was yeah. hilarious. That's awesome. Awesome. Surfing's pretty good. My, my first trip ever to Indonesia was with Lar, and you guys were film. They were filming Loose Change, and I remember... <laughs> Like, you know. What I'm, happened to your I'm, part, Lyndon? Cutting <laughs> <laughs> room floor. Cutting room floor. <laughs> Mine too. So, I'm, it was like the day after we got there, and I'm literally walking some new spot that I think Resolve just started surfing. Yeah. Right? And it's Conan, it's Shane, it's Gurr, it's Michelle. I mean, all the heavies, and I'm sitting there, you know amongst them just like walking this remote beach just going to Bali what yeah I'm like holy shit I'm, I'm like I'm here with these dudes yeah and I sat on the beach and watched like was, everybody was that right hours. when they people started surfing Karamas I, I might have been Bali on I thought maybe oh, no no it wasn't Bali on it oh, was no. it was like a right over like shallow reef because Conan and Shane were Karamas. fucking like yeah Doing crazy stuff. Was there stuff. a little, little river mount there? I can't remember mm. exactly, but we walked a little distance. Yeah. But it was a right. Yeah. And, um, like, nobody, like, Riz said he's just kind of found it or something. Yeah. Like that. Wow. It was probably Karamas. It was Karamas. Yeah. Not, not it spot. wasn't Karamas. No, no, it was not. But no. there was a spot up the coast. It might have been somewhere that, near that, that. That was, like, because we didn't surf. And then we kept telling Riz, like, hey, like, you could just see Whitewater as a coast like curves, and we're like, "What's down there?" We're like, I don't know. No joke. The next trip, I come back and you know, yeah, you know, results like asking rice patty, you know, like men, you know, like, "Hey, how do I get to the beach?" Because you have to like <laughs> zigzag, and yeah, he found he found the wave, and, yeah, you know. Anyways, that's right. history. So, that's William, yes, yeah, you uh, you worked sheet metal with your dad. Sheet metal. I worked at uh, Wayne Brown. Uh, wait, do you guys remember Wayne Brown skateboards and surfboards? Yes. Wayne Brown kind of had a thing with skateboards for the Japanese market. He made a bazillion of them. So he had this little factory off of Pomona and Costa Mesa. So I was the guy that cut out the panels. There was like these kicktop tables. They're probably like four by four. And you'd lay out all the, the glass, right? The, the thin glass, the mat, and whatever. So I'd go in at night, cut it all laid up for the laminators. And... Uh, those guys made a lot of money, or I thought they made a lot of money. Back then, it was. Yeah, I wasn't going to tell you this story, but I'll tell you this story. I haven't told I haven't told it very much because it's embarrassing. So, uh, Tom Ballister was one of the guys that laid up. I don't know if you guys know Tom. Yeah. But he was crushing it. Like he, those guys were making a lot of money. Because like, they get paid on the unit, like you yeah, know, this freaking yeah, they, yeah, they were getting. I don't even know how much back then, but it was a lot of money, and I was making like five bucks an hour for cutting out the panels. So one night I go there and I'm cutting them out, and I'm thinking. Yeah, how hard could it be? It couldn't be that hard to laminate that stuff, right? Like, I'm gonna try it. So I cut them all out. I laminate one. I, I put way too much catalyst. Probably like five times as much catalyst as you're supposed to put. The thing starts, and it's like, Cracking. it's as thick as a skateboard, right? so it's three eighths of an inch thick, right? Yeah. On a four by four panel. And the thing just starts going off, smoking and, and all that stuff. And I'm like, so I, I stayed there and I waited till it cooled down. I'm like, what the heck am I going to do with this thing? If these guys see this thing, I'm never going to hear the end of it. Like, yeah. it's yeah. it's over. So I had a 72 Volkswagen Beetle. So the hood popped up in the front. So I got it in the front of the Beetle. 
tied it down and drove it around to the industrial parks till I found a uh, dumpster that was big enough to put it in. <laughs> Get I, rid of the evidence? Yeah. yeah. I put, Bury that thing. I put it in. I drove back. I laid up that panel again, and nobody ever knew. Until now. Yeah, yeah. until now. <laughs> got a baluster over here. I think, I think you're, uh, what do you call it, when you're out of... Uh, it's it's been too too many. Oh yeah, years. Sta- statutory statutory yeah. statue of limitations. There you go. Yeah, you're good. Statutory rape. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, <laughs> that, was, that, that was one other little job I had, other than a paperboy. Like, yeah, I was a paperboy, of course. But yeah. So the Japanese were already on the scene back then. Well, well, he was doing a. It was a kicktail. It was a fiberglass kicktail skateboard, and I don't know how many sold, but he sold hundreds of thousands of. Them. Wow. It was wow. a giant, a giant thing. Hmm. Yeah, and he was he was kind of crushing it, so I had that job for about a year. How, how did um, how did you get into that job? Uh, Bob knew Wayne. I knew Wayne from Wayne Brown, and they were just looking for a kid to go in there and, and cut out the panels. And I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, could, what a good job! It's I at night, right? You're, yeah, so was, you could surf all day and do whatever. And yeah, then. it was it was super easy. And did you? And it was cash. Cash. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about jobs. Table. What's that? Cash. <laughs> like ideal surf jobs, you know, so you could like, you know, mm-hmm. work or surf during the day and then pick up a, a mm-hmm. you know, afternoon or evening, you know, job I think, I think a lot of us started out doing that. Like Bob started out blue and blanks at Win and Sea, you know, in mm-hmm. the little shack that was behind Win yeah. and Sea surfboards. Mm-hmm. I think all of us kind of, I'm sure you guys did, started yeah, out I, doing something like that. That was stomping grounds. We'd hang out. I didn't work doing that, but yeah, just all the shops downtown where'd you guys hang it on Maine and like where was the hot spot well I, shaping in a garage or <laughs> I used to hang out at Wind and Sea because Bob worked there yeah so but I you know I'd aspire to hang out at Infinity where Dwight worked but yeah. were, that was kind of cooler so I didn't really make it make it down there but yeah Dwight done double, double D. D yeah so I've been working with Dwight for a long time uh, I'm sorry no that's okay 30 plus years <laughs> I <laughs> I love it. Dwight's amazing. We used to unload trucks together in the Billabong days. Like yeah. We go that far back, you know, and then yeah. we worked together all these years. And it's really cool because now uh, Dwight's working with, he's a he's a, an investor and he's also working with us at, uh, at IPD, yeah. which is pretty rad. And he loves it. Dude, yeah. it's crazy. You know, we've known Dwight for, we've known you guys for a long time, but I've never, and I see everybody surf, right? But I never saw Dwight done surf ever until like now well he took wow. what 10 12 years off yeah or something crazy? longer so he so when i was a kid dwight's a little older than me a few years and he was like he's a pro he was the guy on, yeah. on north side like it was dwight dunn like yeah. he he was the he guy got shot in the mags yeah he yeah got like and then so he you know he worked all those years he was grinding and then uh you know once once uh the hurley thing kind of you know uh, went away you know he just he started exercising and I mean you've seen him he's yeah. totally fit and he's surfing again and it's it's so fun and it's so rad to see him and it's especially I mean he works in our warehouse he loves it yeah, yeah. absolutely loves it he goes there every day and, and powers it out yeah and it's not for money he's not getting any money he yeah just, he just loves it yeah keep pretty busy yeah it's cool it's fun keeps he's, him young he's awesome. awesome he's awesome but the show's not about Dwight Dunn um, no yeah he's already been on the show for he's 30 hours yeah so that's so weird that Dwight would have enough to talk about for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> all, we got, all we talked about is like threat counting and like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Pantone Inc. 101. He knows that he, that guy knows more about t-shirts than pretty much anybody. Would yeah. You so I, I, yeah, I tell this people this story. So we worked with Nike for a few years, right? And they make a few t-shirts, oh, yeah. you know. And uh, 
Dwight knows more about t-shirts than anybody I ever met at Nike by a mile. Yeah. Like not even not even close. He could lap them, which yeah. is pretty interesting because it's Nike, right? So yeah. forty billion. Well, they actually, I think, went to you guys, yeah. Bill and and Dwight, to help build their t-shirts. Yeah, which yeah. Is pretty Mark, crazy to think about. Mark Parker. Mark Parker. Mark Mark Parker really liked what we were doing with t-shirts, right? So he reached out, I think it was to Roger or Bob, and said, hey, I'd really like to get a crew up here to kind of give us a little presentation. So we did, which was wow. pretty rad, because we're this tiny little $100 million business and you know, talking, talking to the big guys, but it was fun, yeah. So, so go back to you working your way up. So what happened after Wayne Brown? and like, Because your, your brother was shaping quite a bit, right? right. And then the Billabong thing, was that, were you guys in high school or not, not you guys, but were you in high school when that happened or was that? Early 20s. Okay. Billabong. So, um, so I was an investor in Bob's company, which was Billy International, right? And that was doing business as Billabong, right? Yeah. So he imported all those shorts and, you know, it was just going to kind of be for his store and then people wanted them. So it, you just know, started blowing up. Yeah. All the surf shops wanted them. So it kind yeah. of turned into a thing. So Dwight started working on a little earlier on than I did, but there was Mike O, Joe, Dwight, and there, you know, a few people. So um, there's a, a couple of things that popped in my head. Now, did Chippa roll Chip Roland? Mm-hmm. So was he part of like the introduction? Or yeah, like? Chipper. Chipper did. Uh, he had a, a brand called Chippa Slippa. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember. Yeah, that. I remember that. And he, he was kind of crushing. He was doing pretty good, but he was an investor in uh, Billy International as well. Mm. And uh, he also was our West Coast sales rep for her in the for Billabong for Billabong in the early yeah. days. Yeah, he was crushing it. Yeah, just I mean that was back in the heyday. You know, yeah, back in the heyday of being a rep. You so know? can we go back to yeah. so you get your brother had a shop in Costa Mesa, right? Right yeah, over he by he where, couldn't get Quicksilver. Yeah, is that what it, it was? Right? Yeah, yeah, it's right over by where IPD is now. Okay, like we're on we're on Seventeenth and Placentia, and you could throw a rock to where he started shaping surfboards. So. He lived on Federal Street, which was close by, kind of right by where the Hurley headquarters were. And uh, he had the, a shaping room, but he also had a, like a little retail thing in front of the shaping room where yeah. he just sold, you know, t-shirts or hats, yeah. whatever. And he really Stock wanted... Stockboards and stuff, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, like that's a typical surf shop back then. Yeah, yeah but it was tiny. It was tiny. more of a shaping room than it was a surf yeah. shop. I went to that You place. did? Yeah. And he had this girl, Helen, that used to help him out. I don't know if you guys remember Helen. Did Lytle shape out of there too? I don't know. He probably did. I mean, all those guys, they kind of helped each other. Yeah. You know, like that. As I remember seeing the first Billabong poster to me, and I remember him shaping, you know, and he had a Billabong tank top on Hmm. and some clam diggers. (laughs) The the classic picture of him, I don't know if you guys have seen it, he's got this uh, Dodge truck that's kind of, what color? Maroon Dodge truck with like a camper shell on it. And he's got like, uh, what are the shoes that he was wearing? Topsiders. Yeah, he's got, top, top he, he's got topsiders with gym, gym socks yep. on, like with the stripes and shorts. And he's just unloading blanks, just like out of classic the picture. Of the just mowing it. That's and really cool. That's kind of my memory of him yeah. early on. That was cool. Yeah. So, um, not to talk too much about Bob, but, you know, it's really interesting. So, so he gets Billabong, right? Just to carry in the store, right. but then other people wanted it. Yeah, Gordon made us buy, like, I forget what it was. Gordon had his own factories in Australia. He made everything. Mm-hmm. Board shorts, t-shirts, jackets, everything in between. Was it 3,000 board shorts? 
Yeah, it was some three or four thousand points. Yeah. It was so, a lot. So, so you, Bob reached out to a handful of dudes to, to raise some money to, to. Yeah, family and friends, okay. and like I have a friend today that actually didn't do it. He's kind of bummed. Yeah, <laughs> but so it was. Uh, it was five grand. I almost bought cryptocurrency. Or, <laughs> well, I almost bought Bitcoin in 2012. <laughs> I'm kind of bummed I didn't. Uh, just a little bit. It was it was five thousand dollars for four point five five percent of the company. Yeah. Back then, that's kind of what it what it worked out to. So you know, fast forward a lot of years, you know, pretty darn good investment. But when yeah. it was for me, I think I was 19 years old. That was my life. Five thousand was my life savings. Yeah. We knew nothing about apparel, but it was my brother. So it's like, and surfing, why not? I didn't yeah. know anything about Billabong. Yeah. Yeah. You, you weren't even <laughs> thinking about making like, oh, no. this, I'm going to be rich. You're just thinking about this is going to continue on what we love to do. And my yeah, brother yeah. knows what he's yeah. doing. He's connected. Like, it's you just kind of know Quicksilver, right? Yeah. Like, it's, and, the, it's the culture. And I was still working at Sheet Metal at that time. Uh, and I was going to, I was actually going to buy the company that I was working for. It was what? kind of in, in motion. And then one day I was sitting there and I'm thinking, man, I don't really like this business. Like people can get hurt. It's noisy. It's cold. It's greasy. It's loud. It's just, just didn't want to do it. So what I, were you guys manufacturing? Like anything from like computer chassis. It wasn't construction stuff. It was precision sheet metal. Mm -hmm. You know, the the tolerance was plus or minus five thousandths of an inch, which is uh, a piece of paper is about three thousandths of an inch. So the tolerance is pretty tight. Yeah. It was fun seeing stuff made from sheet metal to actually a finished part. I like that part of it. Yeah. yeah. But there was a lot of chances for people. There's to no glamour hurt. for that. No, there's big machines. Yeah. And, it just wasn't that good. So I'm. So I'm, you were gonna buy it yeah. at 19? Yeah, I think yeah, 19 or 20. Wow. Yeah, me and another guy that worked there were gonna we're gonna take it over, and uh, and it was a successful business. It's still around today. It's called R and D, R and D Sheet Metal in Huntington Beach. Wow. But um, yeah, so entrepreneurs in the early. Family. I don't know. There's yeah, there's a couple of, like sheet metal fabricators I know, and they're they're pretty well off. It's a good yeah. business. It's a yeah. really good business. Although now they're doing 3D printers and stuff. So like yeah. a lot of the prototypes we did back then, I think you could just 3D print them. Like, yeah. I don't think you have to make them from scratch because that's kind of a that's kind of a process. Yeah. So anyways, I I call Bob and I go, hey, I don't really want to do this. I is there anything for me at Billabong? And back then it was. There was nothing. You know, we weren't making our own stuff or anything. We're just kind of importing a few things. And yeah. He goes, well, he goes, we're just starting to make stuff. He goes, he goes, ah, yeah, 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 I can hire you, but it's I can't pay you what you're making. There's no gas card. There's no this. There's no that. And I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> so I, t I had two little kids. I started. I took a big pay cut and started working uh, actually for Dwight. Dwight was in charge of quality because we were now making stuff domestically in Orange County in L.A. and. Uh, he had, we had some girls that trimmed, trimmed the garments, and uh, so I was managing them. That was my first job. And then, so crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, it's awesome to hear like how, not a shit show, but it's like such a, a piece together company, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and not knowing what, hey, yeah, you can come on. Yeah, just. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do there, well, there was nothing. with you. And, and what, pay, you know, I don't know how we're going to pay you, but yeah, come on board. It's kind of, yeah, figure it out as you go. But I mean, if if you're putting out something that has demand, you know, you, you start, you know, you start figuring it out. Like, yeah, kind of quick, you know, demand so, was never was never the problem. You know, so we were, we were importing stuff from from Gordon and then we're like, Gosh, we should just make this stuff here. Like, why not? Because yeah. Orange County in LA had a full supply chain yeah. for for manufacturing apparel, and uh, so we set up a team. 
You know, I mean, at one point, I think we had 15 people. You know, we had two people going up every day doing Q and A. Can I can I go back? Yep. So, you're selling stuff just out of your store, right? Out yep. of the shaping room yep. retail. Now, did did he tell you like, wow, man, like people love this stuff, and I'm getting hit up by other stores, shops, and and that's what was happening. Yeah, you could just tell there was there was an energy there. You know, and now was he like? advertising it or like not really it was it was word of you know they did those what year was that like 86 I mean they're probably advertising in magazines though right 84 yeah 84 84. like you know what I mean like what surfing was popular but there's Quicksilver there's surfing magazine or yeah but the thing that was unique was was Gordon was doing these things called doggers they were board shorts that were like almost like capris they were crazy. Like you look at them now, you're like, who would yeah. ever buy those or wear them? And they're bright prints and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they just, it was different. Yeah. And Quicksilver was doing those really short, short, you know, and it was the OP thing. Yeah. It was just the perfect, perfect time. Well, you know, what else happened in 84 was Mark Ocalupo. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he, you know, I think that's kind of when he hit the scene. Kind of crushed I, it. I think that yeah. was a pretty, he was, you know, for a while there. Just the, Do you guys remember the floral blend board shorts? Sort of. They're oh, just, the fluorescent. Like yeah, there's yeah, yeah, open yeah. screen fluorescent. Yes. We did we did a lot of those shorts, a yeah, lot. Sure. And we actually printed them up at a place called Raul's in Santa Barbara. Me and Dwight would go up there and you know bring the rolls back and. You know, but you know Australia, I mean they were, they were on top of the surf game, you know, yeah. and it was a brand that obviously, like you mentioned, Mark Ocalupo was coming on in the scenes, and yeah. he was the. You know, he was the Tom Curran, you know, kind of yeah. superstar of yeah. Australia. I'm sure they're advertising, you know, in the, in surfing or surfer, mm-hmm. you know, at the time. But but you know what I mean, like yeah, a, but the, a, a brand new brand. But the, for for Gordon Merchant to just go to like you know Bob and not knowing like hey these you know yeah who how are you guys gonna run this like I mean that's because <laughs> Bob kind of had a name for himself uh, because of uh, he started shaping hot stuff right yeah yeah so that. He, Gordon yeah. knew who he was. Yeah. And when they when they met, there was some there was a good energy. And uh, but yeah, today in today, that yeah. would never happen. Right. Like yeah. some big guy that's super successful yeah. going to some tiny guy that doesn't have any infrastructure. It, it, yeah. Different time on, back then. Yeah. I'm going to give you a chance. Yeah. But but the demand for the brand was so strong that it and we kind of just kept going and filled it all in. So crazy. Yeah. And, and so you kind of helped run production and ran you know like. With Dwight, what was your like your guys' day to day? Yeah, so we we'd go up to LA all day. Make you know, fabrics, we sit, we, make samples. Yeah, so we so for a while there, I bought the fabric. That was my job. Okay, and it was pretty neat. I bought from this company in uh, Hong Kong called uh, Taitung Hinki Textile. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Tongue twister. I, I bought like it's weird looking at numbers today, even with Hurley when we were kind of crushing it. Yeah, like, the yardage that I was buying far exceeded anything we did at Hurley. Shut a up, bubble cord. Pigment bubble cord and pigment eight whale cord. Bad dog. Hun- yeah, hundreds of thousands of yards. Bad dog. It was crazy. So yeah, size forty four. Yeah, no, hey. can't do forty fours. L- lot, lot of big uh, silhouettes, you know. Yeah, yeah right. squeezing a lot of yardage. Dude. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So kind of, kind of crushed it. Yeah, I, yeah, I trip out on on how it was so like you guys didn't have any. Garmento zero zero no, no experience yeah well we had brother you had the relationships and you had the name and you had the you know the the crew you know well people that were willing to learn we had yeah. uh, Joe Canernshield I don't know if you 
you guys know Joe Carey. Oh, yeah. He was a partner in the beginning, but and he was a teacher, but he was uh, he learned everything he needed to learn, and he had a couple mentors that helped him a lot. This guy Harold from Bongo Jeans kind of took him under his wing, and you know we just we just did it. We figured it out. Yeah. But, but the demand wasn't the problem. So when the demand's there, you can figure all that stuff out. Yeah. When demand's not there, then it's a whole different can of worms. Yeah. You know. Because I mean, to imagine, like Billabong was so long ago, like, and that was your your guys' first business venture. Yeah. But that growth and and how the heights you got that brand, it's fucking incredible. incredible. For sure. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, like, and and what. Billabong means to us like that was an insane brand. Yeah, yeah. with with uh, the videos, pump, oh, yeah. the, the green videos. iguana. Dude, uh, I mean, so much I, energy. I couldn't wait to go get a, a peak wetsuit, you know, because of Mark off. Yeah, it rashed the hell out of me, but it, and it's super colorful. But yeah, the, the, you know, like the demand and yeah. just having like what well, you I know don't. the right people behind it and the right people running it yeah. just. Yeah, I'm, and there. I remember, like, you know, when I started working at HSS and, you know, knowing, starting to learn that, the business and, you know, learning Quicksilver, learning Billabong and Gotcha and, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and working retail and, and seeing, like, the behind the scenes kind of things that go with it. And you're just like, wow. And you're not, you know, at that age, my age then, I wasn't thinking about business at all, but you know, when you when you look back at it, it's like fuck, man. A lot that of was, stuff, a lot of stuff have to happen. Yeah, it happened to happen, mm-hmm. right? So, so you had a team of like ten people, right? And all of a sudden, you know, over a couple of years, you guys took over Placentia. Yeah, much, so we right? started. So we were in the, the the first little building we were in there was we shared it with a welding company next door. So we got a little bigger, we popped the wall out in the middle, we got that, and then eventually we, we had every building in that complex. Like, and you know, we, we had a fabric warehouse, a trim warehouse, we did everything domestic. Yeah. So it was all, all the components and the, the pattern room and all that, we had all that there yeah. for a lot of years. So we have a lot of experience from the ground, the ground up, Yeah. you know? Where now you just buy finished packages from someplace offshore, it's kind yeah. of a different, different deal. Yeah. Did you trip out on like what it was becoming, you know, like, and did you sit down with Bob every once in a while and go, dude, like, <laughs> how do we tame the beast? <laughs> Not really. It was just, it was kind of, it was kind of organic and you kind of, I don't know, you just kind of got used to it and expected it. And, you know, Bob's been pretty successful in his life, you know, and, and a lot of it is because he surrounds himself with really good people, I, amazing I people. Say that, and like, he gets, he gets out of the way. He's not... He's not micromanager or not control, or anything control like that. No, no. Yeah. no. And uh, it's it's worked it's worked really well. Yeah. So, you know, we um, Dwight kind of told us like what the kind of the, the reasoning that Billabong split from or Bob split from Billabong, right? So when when that news happened, were you guys all just fucking tripping? Well, so this, my son Chris is going to be bummed on telling this story, but I'll tell it. So the kids are, you know, your kids are young. He, I don't know yeah. how old Chris was, maybe 12 or something like that. And that's kind of their world. They're the Billabong. Yeah. The Billabong family. Guys, right? Yeah. And uh, so I had to sit him and Danielle down and I had to say, hey, we're, uh, we're not going to do Billabong anymore. And 
they're like, why? So I explained to him. And then Chris is like, well, Dad, what are we going to do? And I go, we're going to start We're going to start a new brand. He goes, oh, that's, that's neat. He goes, what are we going to call it? <laughs> and I go, Hurley. And he looks at me and he goes, you're going to go bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> Your own son. Yeah. 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was looking for the bridge. Like, Bob, for Bob, it was no big deal. For me, it was like, Wait, we're going to give away this thing that we kind of nurtured and got That's, to this. It's doing, you know, I think, 80 yeah. million in revenue. Yeah, right? 80 million in revenue, kind of crushing it. And here you go. We're going to. And you're in year what? Over. What year? Yeah, like how many years had you been doing no Billabong? Long. Oh, well, so we started early in 99, and I think we launched Billabong in like 82 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I think that's. that's so about. 18 ish years. Yeah. yeah. And. We built up a full infrastructure yeah. of people that were amazing. We could do everything in apparel. And uh, that was the good news about when we switched from Billabong to Hurley. Like, other than a few of the reps left, the infrastructure was still there. That's so crazy. Yeah. And everybody stayed. And we shipped, we shipped uh, Hurley and we shipped Billabong out of the same warehouse yeah. for, was it one or two seasons? Uh, one season. One season. Spring, spring uh, 99. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. It just like. You couldn't like, you couldn't script it better. Like it, right. it was really, really neat. I don't think anybody ever did it before or can do it after <laughs> what, what, what Bob and Bill did and that whole team. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal because, so when Bob sat you guys down and said, hey, we're going to, we're not going to do Billabong anymore. Did, did you guys all, did he already plan on doing Hurley or was it like? Yeah. Yeah, well, he knew he wanted to do a new brand, so he came up with about 30, as you guys know, it's impossible to come up with a name that yeah. somebody doesn't already have or trademark. You, you, got, you, got, you got to look at the trademark and what you could, you know. It's impossible. So it's got to sound cool. He came yeah. up with about, I think there was, I don't know, Mark, you could probably fill in on this if you know, but I think it was like 30, yeah. 30 names, right? And then he whittled it back and whittled it back, and I think he got down to like five that were okay, and somebody's like... Well, why would I mean you have a reputation and you have a you know you're a shape why don't you just call it Hurley so like, and there's yeah. been a lot of brands named after yeah like the, the, the owner or you know the family or whatever mm -hmm. so it's not like yeah it would make sense like well Dean yeah. Quinn D Dean Quinn did it right with oh Quinn, o Quinn. Yeah. he wanted to be Quinn but somebody already had Quinn so he had to go with O Quinn so sometimes you do like a I think that's the story hyphenated you, you got to do like a yeah derivative of it, so yeah. that's that's how it it went to her. Crazy. So were you guys tripping or what? Like, well, it was it was pretty weird because it's your name on your stuff. Yeah. So that's a little weird, right? And I remember like we were kind of doing pretty good, and we're moving along, and then I was, I was driving one day and I saw a guy walking down the street with a Hurley T-shirt that I knew I didn't know the guy. Yeah. So the guy bought the shirt. Yeah. And that was. The first validation. That was, and fast forward to IPD, it's kind of the same thing. There's some really neat feeling when you see oh. somebody wear it or somebody goes online and buys it and, you know, they're not getting a discount, you know, they don't know anybody. Oh, well, I could see a sticker on someone's car. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's the rare sighting in the wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've, we've done that where we've taken pictures yeah. and sent it like, who's, to Who knows this guy? Yeah, who knows this guy? Check this out. Nobody knows him. It's a, it's a really, really neat feeling. So with Hurley, that was, that was pretty rad. And then... You know, you know the story, but the Blink One Eighty Two thing, yeah. and all that. I mean, it was just it. It was rad crazy. to see, you know, because I I was a big fan of Bob. Actually, you know, when I worked at HSS, 
there's a couple times I went surfing with Bob by myself. Like he took me to Oceanside because <laughs> I did a lot of great marketing. So I think he like. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Rewarded me by taking me surfing. Not just because you ripped your pool. You, you move product. Well, oh. Mostly that. Uh-huh. Mostly that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I remember going, wow. I remember Signs and Darren and Pi were talking about, wow, you know, Hurley's going to start his own brand. Hurley. And, and uh, gosh, I think it was, uh, was it Nadi? Nadi came in and was talking to the guys about, yeah, you know, he's going to take over the reins for Billabong. For Billabong. Right. And I was just like, wow, this is so crazy. Like, why would anybody give up Billabong? Why would you fucking <laughs> he's do that? Nuts. Yeah, I but remember then, that. It was crazy. But then, you know, I, and I remember when it was already in motion and, and there's no product in the market yet, I don't think, and you guys are already doing 999 mm-hmm. and like, um, yeah, we had the we had it we had the wheels going, and and Mark's been with Hurley since the beginning, you know, which is pretty rad. Yeah, you know. So Mark, yeah, when was your first industry job? Yeah, like, what was your? Um, well, you got out of college, you weren't going to be a literature. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Journalist. <laughs> well, well, actually, teacher. before like, just get, let me backpedal a little bit. It kind of goes back to um, my El Moro days, like when you're a kid growing up at El Moro because it was a you know private mobile home park. Generally, like the cool job was to be uh, a gate guard. Like you're the guard shack guy at like, El Moro. At El Moro, like you'd be the <laughs> gate guard. And so, like I'd sit there, and shifts were either from eight to two or two to eight. And uh, cool you'd job. sit there in the in the booth, the guard shack booth, and you'd let people come in if they had the sticker on their car. And then the guys from CDM would come down and uh, hey, can I give you a sandwich and let me park and you know, like all this kind of stuff, right? Oh. And um, did you do that? Sometimes, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. But so yeah, I, I was working at the booth, but there was a gentleman in there uh, by the name of Massimo Giannulli, oh. whose family had a place in there, and I knew him just from the booth, right? Like he'd come in and, and you know he'd wave, whatever. So uh, long story short, one time I had I was finished with school, and he came to goes, "What are you doing now?" And I go, oh, I don't know, I'm just working at the booth and trying to figure out what I want to do. And he goes, cool, you want a warehouse job? And I said, yeah. Massimo. Yeah. So so I uh, actually was, I think. Was he cool? Yeah, he's, he was super nice. You know, he's just yeah. different. He's, he's not a surfer, but he was he was pretty nice, you know? So yeah, definitely. And he's still, he, I know that he's been through a lot of stuff, yeah. but but um, I'm still, I'll be on a text thread with some of the guys, you know, Jason Yasmin. You, you remember Jason Yasmin? Yeah. And some of those guys, and Eric Sorensen. Yeah. And, um, and uh, Moss will chime in every once in a while. So it's fine. Yeah, he's doing it. Rad. You know, um, in any case, uh, so I worked, I was the number 18 employee at Mossimo back wow. in, yeah, crazy, huh? Good. And, um, and so uh, I just worked my way up there doing a bunch of different things in the warehouse. I managed the warehouse. I was in charge of allocation. I ended up moving into um, production. <laughs> You're in charge I, of allocation? Yeah, again. allocation. I'm, I'm, wow, I'm, I'm in charge of allocation <laughs> <Full> now. <laughs> So that's pretty bad. Thanks, Bill. So, was Massimo already like on fire, or was it? Yeah, like, I would, it was, yeah, I was. I mean, I was there through the first year. I think we did like you know twenty five million or something. I was there through the whole IPO. The first year they did twenty. No, I wasn't there the first year. It was, okay. I was like three years in. Okay, right. But um, then was, Massimo, for those that don't know, was like a huge neon volleyball. Yeah. Type yeah, it wasn't it, yeah, it wasn't a surf brand. It wasn't surf. No, it was just it like was a streetwear. Almost wear. like a Stussy exactly of 
that world, yeah. right? Yeah. But at the time, that world was super cool. It was People, huge. Remember that? Didn't they? Sinjin Smith. Yeah. And like, it was huge, right? Yeah. So, in any Beach case. Beach volleyball. <clears throat> I just, in any case, I had a lot of jobs there and ended up um, getting the opportunity to go into sales. And I'd always wanted to get into sales. Yeah. And um, uh, my wife is from Northern California. And <clears throat> Moss knew that I had kind of wanted to get up to Northern California at some point. So, I was offered a job in sales in Northern California. And you so, had no experience zero. in sales? Yeah, zero. Did you but know as you can tell, I know how to talk. I yeah, like talking. Yeah. Was there an established territory, obviously? And you, you, yeah. You, it was, it you was, were like, oh, this makes sense. But it was back. already starting to wind down. You know, distribution had really been blown out. It was starting to wind down. I'm going into, you know, Northern California. I'm going into a zone that's pretty tight. And I don't know anybody up there. And so... Um, and you're selling the surf shops. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody really wants it anymore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was a... It was a it was the school of hard knocks, but I, I got on the road and I drove around a lot and I just kept showing up. And um, then I went on a boat trip to Indonesia. And while I was gone, Moss sold the company to Target. And so I came back and I went, oh, wow, I don't have a job. Wow. You, you, yeah. you didn't know that he was going to do that? No, no. And wow. so I basically just, you know, you're telling the Target. Was that? Like, that was 1996, I think. Wow. Yeah, 97, maybe. So, um, uh, a couple people from there went over to Gotcha and MCD, so I got a little look to do that. So that was really like my first like surf job, yeah. you know. And um, by the way, I think MCD was still a really cool line. That oh, was, that yeah. was bitch. Yeah. What about was, Bash? That was fun. What's that? <laughs> they had that brand they started called Bash. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I remember that. I don't yeah. remember it. Was, it was the groovier, the groovier. So, so, but Northern California was my territory. Um, I lived in a town called Mill Valley in Marin. I still live there now. Love it. Um, and Proof Lab is yeah. there, and that's the that's my local shop. And they're just epic. Those guys are good. You should get those guys on the podcast. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Will yeah. Hutchinson and Nate yeah. and yeah. Cody and Harley and those guys. Yeah. They're rad. Um, they're any, on the. Uh, they're on the hill. They're on the list. <laughs> they're on the list. Um, uh, in any case, then I got the call one day that all the reps or some of the reps had left Billabong and I guess Bob and uh, Mike Lesher and Steve Titus happened to be at the Billabong campus. And Steve Titus? Yeah, he wasn't working there, but he came. He just happened to come by. Okay. And Bob and Steve and Lesher went territory by territory trying to find out who would fill in for the reps. And they got to Northern California. And Lesher goes, I don't know anybody in Northern California. And Steve Titus goes, what about Simpson? And Bob goes, yeah, I know Mark Simpson. And so I got a call. How do you know those guys? Uh, just from surfing, surfing in Newport. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got this very fortuitous phone call. Wait, Steve Titus brought you your name up? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and Bob what knew me. What was Steve Titus? Exhibits, trade show booths. But what was he making decisions on territory reps? He just happened to be He there. just happened to be hanging out. <laughs> How lucky are you? I told Steve for the rest of your life, every time I see you, I'm buying you a drink. No shit. Yeah. Like, that's funny. Yeah. That's a funny. That's that's yeah. being at the right place at the right time. No and shit. Knowing, like, yeah, being cool and knowing people, and we talk about that all the time yeah. about like. Hey, but you timing. want you want what's even crazier? Cool. So I got the call to call Mike Lesher. It was a Friday morning. I was down here in Southern California for a friend's wedding in, in which is going to be that weekend in Mexico, and I called Mike. And we talked and he said, hey, when can I fly you down for an interview? And I go, well, I'm actually in Orange County right now. And he goes, oh, that's great. Where are you? I go, Costa Mesa. I was at Dave Rush's house. And he goes, he goes can you come in today? And I go, no, nope, I'm going to a wedding in Mexico. 
How dumb is that? Little did I know he interviewed two other people that day, and then uh, another one on Monday, and then I got an interview on Monday. But if I had wow. known that, I would have definitely chosen to stand back for another hour or two and yeah. instead of going to Mexico. But hey, at the same Things time, for at the same time, it was like Hurley. It's a brand. Nobody. Yeah, it's Bob yeah. Hurley. But you're kind of like, what so is wait. It? So this is for Hurley. It was for Hurley. Yeah. Okay. It was for Hurley. So then I got the job, and um, came can we back check a second though? Sure. Mossimo. Yeah. How hard was that to sell? Um, it tested all. Of, it tested all of my sales skills. Yeah, but I wasn't. I wasn't in sales during the heyday of that. In the heyday know, of that, it I was know. ridiculous. That's what right? you're saying. It was so you were easy. on the tail end. I came out on the tail end, and I want to hear that. Like, yeah, it was brutal. Nobody, nobody wanted it, especially in surf shops. You know, yeah, because it's one thing to to be on the ground floor going up. Yeah. Um, it's the other when yeah. it's on the high going. Well, that's what I said. Right? There's like, a school of hard knocks, right? That, yeah. that and you're commission based, and you're looking at like your yeah. checks. Yeah, and honestly, like you don't know the shops. No, right? no. You move from yeah. down here yeah. to go up there to yeah. We were, living, we were living in Newport. We were living in Newport Heights to pioneer a fucking dying line brand. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of you know that's probably why what made you a better rep is because you're kind of like. Hey, yeah, it was. It was <laughs> you hear no, it just makes you try it a lot harder. Yeah, right? time yeah. yeah, you just hear no a lot, right? Yeah. You just keep driving, driving, driving. Like I so, told him no four times, now he's telling me something else. Okay, I'll bring it in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fifth time. I, sh- I, sh- I showed up with Gotcha, and they're like, "Oh, this brand Gotcha is not really happening, but it's more happening than the other thing this guy's trying to sell me." Uh, so, so you went from Masuda so, to Gotcha, Ma- Masuda right. to Gotcha, and MC and MCD was the that was the real. That was the real feather in my cap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was the. How long did you do that for? Uh, one year. So I had one year of actually working with surf shops, getting to know some people, and then um, I got the got the look for Hurley and just immediately kicked into gear, and that changed everything. And sold in um, Billabong and Hurley the last season. That was a gnarly one because. Wait. So you got to be the rep for Billabong and Hurley. Billabong, because we were because we were still getting rid of. They were still under uh, contract to do right. the last season, which was right. the spring of 1999. But you got to sell Billabong. Yeah, I got, sell, funny. I got to sell Billabong in. And um, yeah, and when then Hurley shipped, uh, early spring delivery, it was November of 1998 is when we first shipped. And um, yeah, it was, it was on, you know? And so that was it. And that was uh, my territory for many, many, many years until um, I uh, met, befriended, and kind of brought in your friend and my friend Avery Clough, nice. who is now with uh, with Rivka. with Rick Rivka, yeah, <laughs> with RVCA. So he he was your sub rep for yeah no for really he, we, you know Avery do you know what Avery used to do no Avery was a uh, porn no yes yeah <laughs> Avery was a um, bellman at the Clift Hotel in San Francisco. And when Bob used to come he up... He looks like a bellman. Yeah, he was... <laughs> All he, suited up. Hey, he was so dashing in his gray yeah. sweater. Like, yeah. Everybody loved Avery. And um, Bob would stay at the Clift every time he came up for like a Macy's meeting or something. Yeah. And I drove a um, Volkswagen Eurovan. Ironically enough, I still drive a Volkswagen Eurovan. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a creature of habit, if you can't tell. Awesome. Um, awesome. In any case, Avery would be just, dude, I love your van, man. I love your van. And so we just got to know each other a little bit from me going to the cliff to pick up Bob. And he was That's always how you met Avery. That's how I met Avery. Okay. And then Avery hit me up one day and goes, hey, 
Mark, can I buy you lunch? And I want to learn a little bit about your industry. I really want to get involved in the surf industry. And I go, hey, Avery, how about this? Why don't you come over here? I'll buy you lunch. I'll tell you about everything that I know about the industry. And someday when you're making a lot of money, you can buy me lunch. Yeah. And uh, Avery came over to my house in Mill Valley. We sat there for about an hour and just talked to him about the industry. And, and next thing you know, he's been, you know, he was with Hurley for a long time, did really, really, really well. And now he is obviously with Ruka and doing really well and just a great dude and is a great rep. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. 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 What a I, didn't, I didn't know he worked at a hotel, you know. <laughs> Bellman at Clift. Yeah. Bellman at the Clift. You can picture yeah. it, though. Yeah. Yeah. For totally. sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and, and there's, I mean, I know guys that are in that position and they make pretty damn yeah. good money. Oh, yeah. And you're at a reputable like Concierge. Yeah. Or yeah. I mean, guys that even work the bar, you know, in some of those oh, places. Yeah. Like Yeah. But it's so yeah. so yeah, so I was hours. I was the um the sales rep at uh at Hurley. So first sales rep in central and northern California. My territory was um San Luis Obispo across to Bakersfield to the Oregon border. And and I just drove a lot and, and uh it was kind of fun though. I tried to make everything fun when I was when I was out there on the road. You know, I, like I said, I have a camper van and I'd, I'd work and I'd see accounts in, you know, say Morro Bay or see Mike Hisher at Wavelengths and then go up into Big Sur or surf, you know, one of the waves up there, camp, then head on up into yeah. Monterey and Santa Cruz. It was pretty fun. Mix business with pleasure. You got it, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah you got Save it. some money in the hotel by camping and yeah. throwing all the boards and equipment yeah. in there. No, it was great. It was, that was the best job I've ever had. You know, yeah. so um, and then from there, I just various sales positions at um, at Hurley over the next sounds funny over the next twenty two. So years. you relocated down here to take a, a position in house. Yeah, no, I never, I never moved oh, down. Okay. I was very, very stubborn. Little Valley is pretty and I, It's yeah. tough to leave. Yeah, okay. but uh, what we started doing was I started uh, about 13, 14 years ago. We started coming down every summer when my uh -huh. kids were out of school and stayed in Newport for okay. for a couple months. And um, that way I was closer to the office and whatnot. And you know, and that, when I was in sales management, my whole thing was, hey, look, if I'm in the office, you know, in a meeting, I'm not doing my job. Where I like to work best is being out on the road with, yeah. with accounts and with reps. And so, you know, planes fly out of San Francisco the same as they fly to LA or Orange County. So I just based, based myself out of up there, was down here for meetings when I needed to be, and then traveled around and worked with reps over, you know, all the way through. So, yeah. so, so walk us through that. Cause so you, you separate from Billabong. <clears throat> you got Hurley. Was it two years that you sold the Nike? Two, 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 and, <laughs> a two, two and a half. Two and a half years. Yeah, yeah I think two thousand one. Yeah. So, okay. Here, you, here you guys are, Bob at the helm, right, and and everyone helping make decisions. Who said, hey, like, because you guys are killing it, killing it on your own, like. You didn't really need much help. Well, when you say you don't really need much, all that money that it takes to run a company, as you guys know, is it's a crazy amount, yeah. right? Yeah. And Bob was on the hook for everything. Like, everything that he had done the last 20, 30, whatever. Yeah. Like, it could all go away tomorrow, you know? So it was like... It's a scary, yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of scary because you're a big brand. You're getting bigger. It takes more money to run it, you know. So, you know, Bob, Bob always loved Nike. There's a couple other brands that he was looking at too, and he thought, hey, how about if we partner with somebody big? You take it to the next level. Did somebody come up with this idea, or did he kind of have Bob. it? It's Bob's idea. Wow. Yeah, and 
what a fucking genius this guy is. Yeah, there was a guy at Nike, Tom Clark, that kind of thought like Bob thought, and he was kind of thinking of, of getting into surf somehow with Nike. He ran Nike for a while as president, a really smart guy. And uh, they just connected, and they kind of talked about it and worked on a deal, and it happened super quick. I remember going to a, a meeting at uh, one of the hotels over by South Coast Plaza, and it was Mark Parker and a couple of the other... Uh, Nike guys and they brought a bunch of Nike footwear down that kind of merchandised with the Hurley stuff and it was really it was, it was kind of surreal but it was a really neat meeting I'm yeah. like wow this is like the top of Nike and we're just Hurley and there's going to be something so yeah so, I bet so exciting you know it was like, it was crazy it's, yeah it's Dude, weird it seemed it, it's weird because like you know here here Bob is leaving a brand that he didn't own right like he made a huge bill mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He, I mean he should have owned it really right. he, he he made it way more successful than oh, yeah. any other person across the globe right yeah. mm-hmm. you guys did mm-hmm. and then you know here you guys are successfully launching your own brand your your own team your own brand total 100% your control yeah. 100% your control and, and like 100% of your like responsibility seeing, <laughs> remembering you know working at HSS and watching MTV and seeing all the how Hurley blew the fuck up yeah and going you, you know I understand like uh, it's, it's it's scary it's you know it can be but all there was on. no it didn't seem like struggles because it took off so yeah. fast but so, I know it's, what you mentioned like the the more the bigger you get, the more money it takes to yeah. yeah. The, more money, more problems. Hey, we have we have a little brand that we started, yeah. right? That I'm, we're going to talk about IPD. And yeah. The amount of money that it takes for inventory is mind-boggling. Yeah. Like, I, I should know that. I've been in this business forever, and yeah. hey, I know inventory. You know, but yeah. I mean, you buy 500 t-shirts. That's a lot of money just to buy 500 t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. And then you throw in a couple board shorts and a couple walk shorts, like some yeah. hats. Yeah. And we're tiny. And you're paying for it all up front. Yeah. 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 And you warehouse it. Yep. Yeah. But in, and that's and when you get to the level we were with Hurley, like, man, you're talking some yeah. crazy money. Yeah. So hey, Bob goes, hey. okay, we're going to partner up with somebody. How did he get a meeting with fucking the biggest, best, right? Like the... He's Bob, Bob, Bob Hurley. He's Bob. You know, it's pretty um, pretty wild though to, yeah. to go. Well, luckily for for us, Tom Clark was looking at at us at that same time, so there was sort of a a little bit of energy going both ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they met, and then they kind of said, "Hey, we'll do something later. Now's not the time, or something." And what then, year was this? Well, they the deal was the day after nine uh, eleven. Wow. The day yeah. after. So Tom Clark called Bob and Bob's like, oh, I guess, you know, hey, the world's kind of... And Tom's like, well, we're still going to do the deal, right? And so they did the deal. Yeah. So they'd already been talking and 9-11 happened. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was... It was how, how fucking gnarly is that to be heavy. like 9-12 yeah. and go, shit. Like, <laughs> we well, thought we had a deal. Yeah, yeah. we thought we had it, but they still <laughs> went through it. Yeah, 100%. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Bob met with Phil Knight and Tom Clark and... Phil Knight loved him, you know. You guys know, you know, Bob's yeah. he's pretty yeah, easy, it's easy funny, to like. But just, I mean, to kind of, uh, you know, reiterate how much money it costs to run a business and oh. and, and the stresses. Bob told me that uh, the first good night of sleep he had in 18 years was the night that the Nike con- Nike deal closed. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I mean, because right? you, I mean, your company Billabong to Hurley, you you're, you employed at least 
hundred and something. There was a lot. And Bob yeah. didn't lay anybody off. No, nobody, not, not nobody got person. salary cuts. Yeah. Nobody got laid off. They, it was pretty unbelievable. Yeah, because his feeling was all along. It was. It was. Wasn't the brand name. It was the people behind the brand name, and he was right. It and was. still, still to this day, I think yeah. the people make the brand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but it's so crazy, you know, how successful it. He just keeps, you know, you guys just kept making the right decisions and connecting with the right people. Yeah, right. I mean, you guys were obviously not rookies. They were already, you know, two, you know, almost twenty years of of knowing shops and knowing product and knowing marketing and yeah. knowing everything yeah. you know yeah you're taking a huge risk but like you guys always mention is it's your supporting cast and the people you have yeah, involved sure. in and, and a lot of it's by handshake like hey we're taking a risk and doing this are you guys going to support us and it, yeah and it seemed like everybody you know open arms like hey let's give it a shot and yeah. it just so took off so you were still the rep yeah and when you guys got the call. Hey, we're selling Nike, or we're partnering up with Nike. What? Do I get to sell Nike? <laughs> it wasn't as rad for us, for some of the sales reps because you yeah, know you, 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 you got you know there was a as great of a company as Nike was. You know, you guys understand the way that some of the shop mentality is. Oh, like, yeah. It's like oh, the big corporate giants coming in. And, yeah. You know, and every all these kids on the shop floor want to put down Nike, and then you go, oh, what are you doing after work? And they're like, oh, I'm gonna go play basketball. Cool. What kind of shoes you wear with Nike? Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, so there was a little bit of that backlash, but to be honest, Nike did a real good job for a long time at kind of leaving us alone. And you know, I think we operated as an independently run subsidiary mm -hmm. for a while, and yeah, they, they really did kind of let us do our own deal. And so I think most of people's fears, at least in the beginning, were unfounded um, as far as Nike really meddling with the our core business. Yeah, you know, and you know, hey, it was. You know, until until they they sold the company um, a few years back to to the people from New York. You know, Nike was was great. They were a great partner. We learned a lot from them. Yeah. Um, One thing that was kind of interesting, Mark, and you had to deal with it was the rumors about yeah. the deal. It was, yeah. So there's all these rumors, right? And so like, I'm on the inside, so I know what's going on, right? There was only a handful of people that did, and so the rumors you'd hear them and you'd laugh, ha, whatever. They're so far off, it's not even funny. And then there was one day where I heard the rumor, and it was the exact deal, like everything. And I'm mm -hmm. like, whoa, it's out there. And then it all happened pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. You know, we we're hearing his raps. Hey, I heard you guys are selling to Nike. I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Who told you that? Yeah. What? <laughs> no. And I, I was praying it was no. But hey, in the long run, I'm glad it was. You know, I can't. Yeah. I, the amount of of uh, you know, business education that I think so many of us got from working under the Nike flag for a long time yeah. was unbelievable. It's crazy. We worked crazy. for the, you know, a little tiny apparel company in Costa Mesa, and then we were partnered with the biggest apparel company in the world. Yeah. And footwear company, but yeah, apparel, they, they sell a lot of apparel. A lot. And, uh, man, we learned a ton. It's, yeah. It's amazing, you know, and then kind of take all that knowledge and info and then kind of go back to our Well, I, I think it really sparked like the creativity, you know, of giving you that, like that ability of, Hey, let, let us do our own thing, mm -hmm. which is cool. But I mean, with the group you guys had and what you guys accomplished on like, you know, doing stuff that's different, you know, elevating, whether it's a contest or prize money or store activation or events, like it seemed like you guys had like free reign to kind of like do what we have always should have done is, you know, raise yeah. the bar in the industry. So, well, yeah. and I think, I think Nike, you know, and, you know, through Hurley, through the Hurley lens, I suppose, is is directly, you know, 
you know, they play a big role in raising the whole surf industry's game in For terms sure. of of the business uh, the business acumen, right? You know, um, business acumen and marketing and everything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which everything. is a good and bad thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. team rider salaries. Team yeah. rider salaries. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, because yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, there was. I mean, the athlete list was. Well, Nike believes in uh, sport. That's what yeah, they do, yeah. right? Yeah. And, yeah. They want the best of the best. Yeah, from every and they're not afraid to pay for it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Michael yeah. Jordan, Tiger Woods. I mean, so, every sport. Yeah, every, every sport. Every yeah. sport. Yeah. So in the hurling thing, too. Yeah, probably. Probably. When it came time to move on from Hurley, you know, I think a lot of us had really good careers there and it was fantastic and everyone's kind of going, hey, what are the next steps? And, you know, a bunch of us were kind of talking and, and uh, we've always loved the IPD logo. You know, it's a, I think it's a timeless logo. It's, um, it's very recognizable, obviously. It's, um, it has roots in the, in the community. It has a long history. Um, and every once in a while, uh, it would show up somewhere at Bob Media Board or something. You get a little IPD on it, or there'd be a little IPD shirt every once in a while, and like special collector's editions. And we loved them. And so, when um, when we had moved on and uh, we started talking about next steps, we kind of just go. But did you have to do anything early? Like you guys could have sat back and, and chilled, right? <laughs> no, no. Bob Hurley's not here. <laughs> Bill Hurley and Mark Simpson. Okay. <laughs> Bob, yeah. Bob is, but in any case, yeah. so we, well, we love it. We love surf shops and yeah. we love, like, I've always loved surf shops. I just love, I get energy from them, right? Like I can be in a crappy mood and I can go in and talk to Duke and the boys at Surfside and I come out of there in a great mood, you know? Worse to me. <laughs> you know, dude from Duke beating me up. <laughs> no, but, but, you know, there's just something about surf shops that I think plays such a, such a path for everybody on some different levels, yeah. you know, of like those memories you have as a kid. You know, I remember going into Russell surfboards and it just like these fond memories. And I still, I still believe in that, you know? Totally. And so, and so we just go, Hey, what if we just built a cool, small little brand, built it for surf shops and we know what to do. Let's do yeah. it. And, and so it really started out honestly as a kind of a little hobby in the beginning and COVID hit and nobody could leave their houses. And we basically spent the next six months kind of putting one foot in front of the other and we built the company kind of via Zoom, yeah. you know, which is, which is crazy, right? So go back to the origin of IPD, mm-hmm. International Pro Designs, yeah. right? Yeah. And that was a, a, a like kind of a, a collection of shapers. Yeah, well, well Bob's idea was, um, and he'll, he'll tell you this, but back in the day, you know, well, still to this day, you know, a lot of shapers don't want to share ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, you don't look at their template, you don't pick up, yeah. you know, their stuff. It's like, you just don't do it. It's off limits, right? And um, uh, Bob had this idea of collaboration and like, hey, why don't we all work together as shapers and board manufacturers to like make materials better and faster and stronger? Sure, and we can all kind of ride, like rising tide lifts all, all ships. And so... He created, uh, on on the rails at the time, he had said, it said International Pro Design. And one day he was driving up to shape some surfboards up off Placentia and there was a truck in front of him and it had the the public image limited sticker on it, a PIL, right? And he's like, whoa, what's that? He goes, I bet that would look really cool with like an IPD logo, kind of similar. So he had one of his friends, was it Chuck Schmid, maybe? Draw it up Mm -hmm. and do a graphic. And so IPD became, International Pro Designs became IPD and that was to be a, um, for any shapers to use, to put on their boards as like a stamp of approval. Like, like, under, like underwriter laboratory. Yeah, yes. like, like UL, like, right? Yeah. This is a seal of approval. This is a stamp of authenticity yeah. and, and manufacturing. It was supposed to be like any shaper that wanted to use it could. And so it was basically a shaper's 
consortium, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it never really happened because much like Bob thought, like Shaver's, hey, you want to put this logo yeah. on your board? Like, get away from me. No. Yeah. And so it became this thing that just kind of Bob had. And then... Yeah, it's always kind of been around. And then that's my point. The yeah. Saku uh, well, really used it well, so quite Bob, a bit. Bob, uh, Bob sold the... Um, uh, gave the, the trademark to Saku, basically. Um, and it was I think it was when he was selling the company to Nike. And Nike was going to be was going to obviously inherit all of Bob's IP, mm. and so he went to Asaku and said, "Hey, Asaku, you should probably buy this off me if you still want to use this on your surfboards, because otherwise Nike's going to have it." Mm. So, you know, long story short, when we wanted to do this, we went and talked to Asaku, and and he uh, and he uh, tried to give back to us very graciously, um, and that's what I remember Bob Japanese said, style. Yeah, yeah. Bob, Bob just goes. Oh, uh, the Sakamurata. Yeah. yeah, he's amazing, right? And then so, but he, but we wouldn't let him. You know, we it kind of was like that. Um, you know, when you're at the restaurant trying to pick up the tab, and you fight, you're fighting with your bro over yeah. over the tab. It was like that. Like Asaku was saying, "Take the trademark. I don't want your money." And Bill's going, "No, we're going to pay you for it." And finally, it got to the point where uh, he goes, "Dude, we're we're paying you." And Asaku goes, "Bill, do you know how much Bob sold me this for?" And and Bill goes, "Yeah, I think Bob said ten thousand dollars." And Asaku goes, no, no. He charged me $1,000. He goes, and I didn't have any money, so I borrowed money from my parents, 500 bucks. I gave Bob 500 bucks, and I never paid him the other 500 bucks. And then a couple of years... true, honest. Yeah, and then he goes, then a couple of years ago, he said, Bob took me to lunch and said, hey, Asaku, I did pretty good in the clothing business. Don't worry about that 500 bucks. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. So, true. hey, so, so, so we 10 x it, and we gave him five grand, and we got the trademark for North America. It also came along with the trademark in... Japan and um, well, and and he has the uh, the global surfboard trademark. Yeah. So, so when you guys when did when did you guys decide that the IPD was going to be your your brand? Probably like February. I left in February. Okay. And uh, yeah, after you left. <laughs> yeah, way after I left. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, in any case, a hush falls over the room. <laughs> we can edit that out in post production. Um, in any case, uh, and Bob, we had Bill had some stickers made up. Bill, like he's our president and head sticker maker, yeah. and that's what I do. Bill loved making these stickers, and he had stickers made. Everybody wanted a sticker, right? And uh, Bob, like Bob does, put a sticker in the sand in front of his house, took a picture of it with his phone posted it on Instagram and immediately people were kind of going like hey what are you guys doing like are you guys doing something and Bob's kind of like no I'm retired I don't know what these guys these guys are doing something I think yeah but Bob's been there the whole time for us like you know as a mentor and he's he sits on our board and um you know he's a he's a part owner of the, of the brand you know and um it's just it's been a lot of fun yeah well it's cool for you know for Bob's sake you know like hey something I was doing you yeah. know from 19 you know 80s kind of shelf it to now you guys like doing the resurgence but it's got a such a cool story behind yeah. it and yeah. it's it's authentic because it's based around the, surf shops and hard goods and boards and yeah you know how do we encompass yeah. like a clothing aspect to it yeah and, i think a lot of times with brands people have to craft a story around yeah. the brand you know this is actually we we just kind of inherited it has a story which it yeah. has a story and it has a history so it's neat you know and we we, we partnered with a you know a number of our friends you know some you know from within the industry and some from outside you know I, you guys know seth mckinney from from hawaii he's uh he's a 
you know, owner and, and founder. He came on board when he moved on from his old job. Um, Eric Ingersoll, he's our CFO, and he, for many years, he was with early under Nike. Um, so he's helping us out in a big way. And um, Chris Hurley is is Bill's son. He's uh, He runs all design. And uh, Dane, so, do you guys know Dane's on? Yeah. Yeah, Dane runs marketing, so it's been fun. So... Well, yes, he, it's the same Chris Hurley. <laughs> <laughs> same Chris So when he said the same one, it's like, we're going to start IPD. <laughs> You're, You're going to go bankrupt. bankrupt. <laughs> no, Chris was, he's stoked. And I get, you know, I'm so fortunate. I get to work with Mark, Seth, Eric, and uh, my son Chris, and my other son David runs production. Uh, Sherilyn has a, a big role, and I've worked with her at Hurley forever. She's uh, in charge of development. Janet O'Connell, amazing. Pat's, yeah, better Pat's wife. Yeah, <laughs> James Giordano, you know. Yeah, Little Hammer. GQ. You know Little Hammer. Yeah, yeah. GQ. Yeah. Who did I miss? Dwight Dunn. Uh, Dwight Dunn. Uh, D helps out um, a ton. Uh, uh, Dave Cerna runs our warehouse. Yeah. He he handled uh, uh, samples at Hurley and Billabong for a lot of years. So, you know, we were going to go three PL. We decided that wasn't a good idea. We wanted our customer service, you know, in house. So we. We got a little place about three blocks from our uh, our headquarters, and we run uh, we ship Octopus out of there. Yeah, uh, Tim English's brand, and we ship IPD, and it's been amazing. You know, you, we ship out the same day, wholesale and and ecom. Who did we forget? We forgot Sarah, and we forgot uh, um, Anna Henley. Two yeah, two, yeah. two guys. Oh, those, yeah, are those are awesome. two big ones. Um, Sarah uh, runs our our digital, and she's just young and whip smart. And Anna is operations. And she's yeah, my first meeting with Mark when he said, "Hey, come up to Mill Valley, let's talk about this." So I flew up there, and it was Anna Henley and a, another friend of Mark's that's really uh, really bright in business. And uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's been super fun, and just a lot of a lot of people um, wanted to help out. You know, that was one of the things. Some advice Bob gave is, "Hey, you guys are hardest." hardest decision is going to not have a seat at the table for everybody that you want to hire, at least right off the, you know, yeah. right out of the gates. And there's a ton of people that were, you know, that, that have helped us out without being employed by us, you know, like Leho O'Connor, yeah. you know, you know, Yuji, you know, Brandon Gilmet. like there's so many people that have just like lent, you know, Peter King even, you know, that have lent hands along the way, yeah. which has been pretty Yeah, cool. not everybody that's helping us out is like a full-time employee either, you know, it's just people want to help, they want to yeah. be a part of it and yeah. it's just the energy, it's it's so fun. And you know, we have the, the little headquarters. You guys probably seen it off of 17th and Pacific. Dude, was there. Yeah. Sickest 60, spot. 62, 1962 mid-century modern gas station. It's been there forever. Forever. And, Perfect uh, for it, parties. Yeah. It's a great <laughs> yeah, venue. There you go. It's a great venue. And it kind of looks the same as it did in 1962. Only yeah. it's got a couple IPD flags. But yeah. uh, it's not really the greatest uh, like office space for meetings yeah. and stuff like it's that. It's loud. But, it's hot. Yeah. In the summer. Lots of it's cold in the winter. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but it's iconic and it's really neat. Yeah. We, we like it. For, for a new, I mean, growing up here and, and knowing the area and the industry is like, you know, hot spot. Like that is such an it's iconic right there, place. It's, it's, it's really, it's the 50 yard line. It yeah. is. And it's like, it's the visibility, like you said, hey, the, the building's a little quirky, but it's cool. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. there's no, IPD, everybody knows that where it's anchored, there's yeah. a flagship headquarters. When, when we got it, when we, when we first got the lease, we went in there, it had the original lifts. All the tire racks and the fan belt rack. Yeah, like it, they hadn't done anything full, to that. Full station. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. gas crazy. Well, true story. 
uh, bill cold called on it that we wouldn't we wouldn't have got it because it hadn't been rented in a long time. Remember, it used to it be like the, a storage. Um, like it, it used to be the uh, the day labor. Yeah, it was a window tinning place, and a day, day labor, labor place. But yeah. it, it hadn't been anything for probably the last five years. And Bill always loved that building. I mean, er, that's everyone's. Everybody loves that it's building. A spot. Well, Bill noted, drove by there, and he noticed them repaving the driveway and painting yeah, it right. He's fixing and it up so he goes, "Whoa!" And he went into the building next door. And he goes, hey, do you guys know who owns the gas station next door? They go, yeah, Dean does. The guy that owns these buildings, too. <laughs> and he goes, no way. And literally, it never even hit the market for uh, for rent. Yeah, he, he liked just, us a lot. We started talking. And liked and, what we were doing. And, you know? Yeah. He's he, like, oh, you're going to rent out all my buildings in a couple of years. I was always going to be growing yeah. like crazy. Yeah, yeah. we hope so. That'd be cool. <laughs> See what happened here? That's going to happen here. Yeah. yeah. No, he, he, was, he was stoked for us. Yeah. yeah. I always drove by that, you know, going to work at Hurley every day. And be like, man, if I ever started a sunglass company... That's the building I want. Donut like shop, a, a burger big stand, mar- big marquee on the top. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, worked yeah. out good. But Wait, you guys are starting a sunglass company? No, <laughs> no thanks. No rumors. No rumors. <laughs> no. But but it, but it's been fun. Like like we Our said, like fun. we said, the brand's about the people. Yeah. You know, it just happens that we have a cool logo and a good story. But the brand really is about the people, and everybody kind of brings their thing to the table. If you know, if I'm the I'm you know Seth and I, you know, our sales, we you know, with our respective accounts and whatnot. You know, Bill I think has probably built more garments in the clothing industry than I think probably anybody single person. Um, his relationships with our factories are second to none. Um, you know, we're able to get capacity in factories that we were in before um, that normally wouldn't even talk to us with yeah. the MOQs we're doing. Right. They're so Tiny. small. You yeah. know? And so um, it's been really, really fortuitous that we just have the right people in the right places. Yeah. And just so happens that we all and you guys have, like each other. Yeah. And yeah. the more, more importantly, all the shops. Yeah. You know, like incredible support from the shops. That, well, that was dealt with and you dealt with. That are supporting. Yeah. 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 That, that was Mark and Seth. Like in the beginning, you know, we said, hey, we want to be in 50 of the best accounts in North America. Like that's our, that's our program. Surf shops. And what did we land at? 40, 46. 40, 46. Yeah. Out of the gates. Pretty good conversion rate. Right? Pretty good. Huh? <laughs> yeah, no, no I, it's I, tough. Because yeah. yeah. as, as a new brand, I mean, if you didn't have Mark, or you didn't have Seth doing that, like, yeah. If it was just me, like, Bill Hurley calling up. Yeah, maybe I get in five stores and I sell him some t-shirts and hats. But yeah, like, yeah it was it was legit. Yeah, so it was neat. The support of the retailers has been phenomenal. And, you know, it, it, again, timing was really good. As you guys know, the, the surf shops had phenomenal last two years. Their business Dude, was really good. You guys kind of so timed it perfect. The, the timing was very, very, it was good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and being a little smaller, a little more nimble, like you said, being able to work on those MOQs and being able to, like, not well, take so much... Risks, yes. but you know, yeah. being able to like yeah. fulfill, you yeah. know, the smaller shops. And well, be quicker Jay, it's like it's like Bill said. You know, we were considering going with the three PL, and everybody was telling us, "Well, you got to go with the three PL. Like, you can't do your own shipping. That's archaic. That doesn't work." We and, and we met with a bunch of three PLs, and we started looking at the numbers, and we we're kind of going. And we were hearing about all chargeback, the, chargeback, 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 chargeback. But just all the, all the shipping issues and, all, and you know, retailers weren't speaking very. You know, one of the main problems was. 3PLs delivering on time and, and I go hey we're so small Bill actually said hey we're so small we're going to be someone's 15th priority let's be our own first priority yeah. and I'm like genius let's do this and um, as a matter of fact we actually hand deliver every single one of our first orders on the in California I remember you guys and, and, and Bill, Bill delivered some I delivered some Sam delivered That's some fun. And it was it was Dwight delivered Caden it was really <laughs> cool you know just going hey here we go yeah yeah well, it's, you know, it's that, 
grassroots level marketing, right? Yeah. yeah. And people in our industry definitely that's what they look for first, right? Yeah, and I think it's authenticity. And I think and I think it's something that um, that has been missed a lot with the way the surf industry got so big and so huge. And you know, we were a part of that with with Hurley, but you know it. Those little parties like we did at the station that one night where we had the Alive play and we had the TK Burger truck and there were kids riding skateboards in the in the parking lot. I mean, this is stuff that we've all seen, but like a lot of the kids there had never seen that before. Yeah. Because that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. A lot and anymore. It's so easy. And it's we, so easy. Yeah, we grew up like that. I mean, right? you know. And how rad was it? Yeah, yeah. like there's between Quicksilver and Volcom and, and Bill Bonner, there was a party every other weekend at somebody's headquarters or yeah. at some venue. Yeah. And, you know, you're just as a little kid or or just a you know a participant in the in the industry. You you know to go to those, you felt special and yeah. felt like you're cool and you know yeah. and you're just there having a good time. Yeah. You know whether you you know like I work for Ruka, but it didn't matter. We'd still go to everybody's parties for sure. because it was like uh, Ruka had a ton of we're all we're, yeah. all, ton, we're yeah. all friends, you know, yeah. and like so it worked on all levels. It worked yeah. for the youth. It worked for the, like the industry peers. It worked for you know competitors, even though like. That's what we compete in the shop, but most everybody wants to see you guys succeed, and yeah. you know the shops we need can't it. Can't have one or two no. brands ringing the register. We no. gotta have no. for sure. Mm-mm. Yeah, Mm-mm. yeah. It's a you know it's you know the marketplace is ever changing. You know. Yeah, and but there's more people surfing than ever, dude. and uh, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. But yeah. Um, yeah. you know, it's um, it, it's a, I think it's a great time for for some new. Small brands. Yeah. I think it's a really good time. So who, who's give a shout out to your reps? Um, so you guys know Sam Lovell in Orange. You did that? I, I did. I did that. Yeah. That we love Sam. Yeah, Sammy's unbelievable. Um, Matt, some socks, bro. Matt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody wants to make, hey, everybody wants to make fun of Sam until he needs socks. Yeah. <laughs> Sam's epic, you guys. Sam's yeah. been a great friend of mine and. Uh, boat trip partner for the last couple of decades you know we've gone on a ton of surf trips together and yeah. and um, he was just like a natural fit just to kind of his relationships are phenomenal as you know nice. um matt singley handles um the la north yeah, for nice. us he's awesome yeah too. matt's a really good dude seth is kind of um you know swiss army knife doing doing two jobs in one he's our he's our co three jobs yeah coo yeah and and handling sales for hawaii too yes. and he um you know he's just done a phenomenal job over there and then he just uh, tells people to buy it or I'm going to tie you up in a pretzel. Yeah, that's man. right. Yeah. Cool. Then, <laughs> like beef. And then on the... the you don't buy IPD. Oh, you buy IPD. <laughs> oh, you buy Yeah. You already bought it. It's on its way. Yeah. Oh, you, you bought You, the, the, you already bought Hey, the build-out goes in next week. <laughs> no, up in the, uh, up in um, Northeast, we have Chris Balenson, Balo. Um, just a really good rad kid. And then Midwest, we got Brian Chicken Harrison. And uh, who's been a longtime friend and really well established. He lives out in the Outer Banks. Good surfer, um, and just all around nice guy. Then down in the south, we have Rick Toker. So he um, used to work for Volcom and done some stuff there. So, in any case, it's uh, you know it's small. It's you know I think um, it's look in the grand scheme of things, we're still a really tiny brand. Yeah. But so yeah. far, the success has been amazing, and the, just the reception has been been awesome. And we're just feel pretty lucky to be. And it's fun, right? It's yeah, it's fun. fun. Yeah, that's the main thing for me. Yeah. Well, it's fun making decisions that you don't have to run through five different desks, yeah. you know, or sit through a bunch of meetings to do. We kind of have a joke like that. Let's run it by corpo. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> hey, let's run it by corporate. Seth, is that cool? Yep. Okay. Yeah, working with your, your kids and, and, you know, surrounding yourself with the people that yeah. you already know could perform their jobs well from yeah. working with them in the past yeah. and you don't have to like, 
micromanage or babysit yeah. anybody yeah. in your guys. No. Yeah. That, that was, was nice. fun because we, we got to cherry pick the team. Yeah. Know? Just like, you know, Mark with the reps, you kind of get to cherry pick who you want, which is pretty neat. You didn't inherit anything. Yeah. yeah. Start yeah. from scratch. Yeah. yeah. It's always nice to work with people that you want to work with, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Helps. I was going to say... God, no, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This guy over here. I just had a he's, brain fart. He's just overwhelmed by Maybe you should talk about the time. view. Right yeah. Now. So we are at the beach. Um, orange and ocean. Don't tell everybody where Bob lives. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> totally secret spot. Um, it's a beautiful spring break day. It's glassy, about 80, maybe 78. Pretty glassy, huh? It's, it's really still glassy. For this glass. time of day, it's incredible. And there, there's the sand starting to fill in a tiny bit. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, there's yeah, been no little, sand out here. It used to be really months. good up front, right? Used to be really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's this is this is a pretty good stretch. But yeah, the sand just disappeared. Yeah, it's weird. I think it was when they um, blocked up the river, right? Yeah. When that oil spill happened. Yeah. I think they they plugged the river, and so just did something. Yeah. Got a little wacky. But beautiful so day. nowadays, I don't know if we already talked about it, but. What kind of board are you riding now, Mr. William? Oh, so I ride uh, a 510 Aquila Ipa uh, Yoda. Nice. And I love that board. It's about 32 volume, kind of small for me, my my surfing ability and, and my age and my weight. <laughs> but but it works really good. It's the most unforgiving board I've ever heard. The board works way better than I do. By unforgiving or forgiving? Forgi forgiving. Forgiving, oh yeah. yeah. Unforgiving, yeah. forgiving. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, what kind of shape? Like what? Uh, oh, it's just it's just a basic squash tail. Or? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 just a basic squash. And then I run a I ride a Patterson uh, synthetic eighty four step up. I made him. Uh, he made me a six two, and uh, that's a round a round tail. I love that thing. So I'm so fortunate. Boards are so good now. I was yeah. telling Jay like yeah. if I had to surf on boards that I used to surf on. A long time I probably wouldn't surf anymore but surfing is so fun the boards are all so good yeah you know so the yeah, ads it's really I ride some Pizels too but it's really that that Ipa is kind of my go-to I nice. have two of them love it yeah. yeah there's a lot of good shapers and a lot of good boards and it's kind of like so many yeah you see some people like you know ride them and you know you're kind of you know not critiquing everybody but you're you know you're always always hunting down like what are people walking to and from the beach oh, yeah. with and what's in the shops and oh, yeah yeah I yeah, mean it's, it's cool. what are you riding now? So, so um my shortboard uh, right now is a chemistry chemistry I have a, I have a, I have a couple chemistries yeah I have a um, Mr. Bennett I, I, yeah I love them I have a couple uh, a couple spiders from Dennis Jarvis no way yeah um I have some of those twin fins or no I, I've had a twin fin from him but right now I have a just your basic standard you know Thruster, hmm. tri-fin, squash tail. Yeah, he's Little been putting tail. out the most incredible he's, air sprays lately. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah he's, like, he's an insane shaper. Yeah. He's yeah. really good. Uh, hounding him to get on the show. He's so. really, really, really good. Yeah. yeah, and he's very prolific. He's shaping a lot. Um, uh, so those are my two primary shortboards, and then I have a lot of other. I like surfboards a lot. I he like sponsors. I, I have a bunch of yeah. I have a bunch of Campbell Brothers sponsors. Whoa! And I have a bunch of um, boards from Sean Stussy. And then I have a couple bigger boards from um, Dave Parmenter. A couple, yeah. he calls them the old Widowmakers. Wow. It's a big single fin with the two Illusion trailers. Juice, right there. Illusion Juice, yeah. yeah. I got a really good 8.2 Illusion Juice, which is really cool. Hey, Mark, um, you mentioned Jason Bennett. I kind of forgot about him, but that surf trip that I went on the Mentwise. Jason Bennett was on that trip. Yeah, it was Braden Diaz, Jason Bennett, <laughs> Jeff Hurley, me, Bob, and there might have been some other people. But 
There's a poster Mark for Mark Metcalf. Him. Yep. There's a poster of Jason Bennett doing a bottom turn at Lance's on a wave that's easy 20 foot. It's when that whole thing washed out and yeah. that was that was that trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was no keyhole. It just like was going off all, all through. Yeah, it was I, the guys were explaining to us it was like I don't know, really west swell or something. Usually it folds back on the reef and it was like cloud breaking like out the back. Yeah, the boat, I remember the boats like having to park because that keyhole is pretty narrow. Yeah, yeah. And you know, they were the more worried. south it is, it'll break on the end on the cage, and then the more southwest or west, yeah, it comes out there on the top of the office there and just rolls you in. Know why I like Jason Bennett? Why? Because he got hurt the same day I got hurt at Belonging. <laughs> and where? <laughs> Belonging. I don't remember him getting hurt. What did I he got hurt right after me. Dude. Uh, remember? No, I just remember. He, Bro, you. you remember he got hurt. Not until you just brought it up. But you remembered it. Yeah, okay. but I don't remember. Like, now that we know you got hurt, yeah. too. Oh, this guy's always getting hurt. Dude, <laughs> I don't Spe- know why. Speaking of belonging, I have a couple boards also from Mike Wu over there nice. in Bali. Because I was over there in Bali with my family last year for a little bit. And um, yeah. got some boards from Mike. and and uh, resolve kind you of guys live there kind of right yeah my my, my uh, wife and kids were there for a total of seven or eight months and I was there for a little bit I kind of came back and forth because we were starting this thing up yeah and um, I was you know I spent a few months over there collectively I think I took well, three fine. trips um, uh, he can't tell four months we lived at commune <laughs> right in front of Karamas Jeez. and all my boys are regular footers and no. that's during like when there was people, nobody, yeah. There's nobody there. No one's traveling. Yeah, there's right? no, there's no tourism. There's no tourism. That place is so. And um, and then we were out at, on the on the bucket for a couple of months. Again, I wasn't there the whole time. My my two, my middle son and my youngest son, um, did both their semesters over there. And my wife, you know, it was you know, it was crazy here at home, and it was a good time to the be. Silver over there. lining in the pandemic. So it was last yeah. last December, and then we came back in um, in July. I didn't think you were coming back. I, do, I had to go there to get Sharif. And Zoom, Zoom <laughs> works really well from here. Like, Sharif's not coming. The Wi-Fi yeah. is hey, great. Hey, yeah. Sharif, Sharif gone. What's the difference? <laughs> Sharif gone. She gone. Oh, she Sharif gone. gone. Okay. No, but hey, we ran. It was cool though. So, but a couple little things that are that are fun if we're talking about surfing is um, was able to surf some waves that are pretty special with not a lot of people out. Like yeah. I did. I got to go over to Desert Point a couple times and surf that with very few people. Um, I was fortunate enough to surf Gland. By myself and my two sons, oh, and um, two other guys that we went over there with. Yeah, there was just, there was nobody there. Um, and then at the end you of that, you guys experienced something that you will never never it experience was again. Yeah, uh, uh, and right at the end of the trip, we went up and we spent um, ten days on the boat with John McGroder and his family on the Baron Joey. He used to run Indie Trader too, and he actually did the Quicksilver Crossing back in the day, and he owns his own boat now, um, the Baron Joey. He's been raising his family his two boys out there and, and he's a partner in IPD and, and he's a partner in IPD he's actually exactly. an investor in IPD Dang. and so um, it was all the on the boat so, <laughs> so we got to spend uh, it was their first trip out it was just family trip our family and his and, and um, I think it was the first trip they'd gone on on the boat in I think a year and a half because no nobody's out there yeah and so it was um, it was pretty uncrowded which is nice I pulled up to surf. I mean, hey, I pulled up. Can to, you uh, imagine? I, we I pulled up. To, we pulled up to macaroni's, and I saw a bunch of guys from Surfside Sports. I'm like, oh, on the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nick and and Brett and wow. PJ and those guys. Yeah. Last year. Or this July. Yeah. Dude, sons of bitches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was cool. That's why we. That's why we work. Yeah. It was. It was, it was neat. So long. Yeah. It was neat. But. Um, 
And it was so, good, it was a good time too for my family when I was here. It was a good time for my family to be over there because I could just focus on this a hundred percent. Yeah, you know. And then you know after you know we launched in June, and um, and uh, been on the ground ever since. Just pedal to the metal. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, I know you guys are working nine to five and. Five to twelve and twelve to six or twenty-four hours a day. <laughs> it feels like seven it. days a week. Uh, any trips planned or you know? No, just work. No, I don't have any. I got. I got nothing. I have nothing. Southside. Southside. Truly, for the first time, in, other think, side of the river. For the first time in like twenty-five years, I don't have any trip on the on the horizon right now. It's just one hundred percent. Just do it, just grinding this thing and, and making sure that uh, we're doing the right things here. And um, surf trips will be there eventually. Yeah, they will. Just as long as the body stays. In yeah. Shape. Oh, yeah. it's yeah. in tip-top shape. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hurting. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Yeah, dude. Thank this you. It's been incredible. I'm yeah. stoked. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know what we know. And uh, yeah, congrats on IPD and, and thank you. Thank taking you. it to the next level. Thank thanks. you. Thank yeah. you for having us, you guys. Yeah. And uh, thanks to everyone that supported our, our little brand right now as we're as we're trying to do some neat stuff. And thanks to our entire team at uh, at IPD. Super appreciative of uh, of everybody and and uh, happy to spend this time with you guys. Thanks. Yeah. Well, we're stoked to see another brand come up and you know help bring the register. And, you know, we all come from from surf shops pretty much and you know this is our livelihoods yep. and the more people that help support it the better sure right 100 percent agree yeah well dude amazing maybe uh go for a second sesh <laughs> <laughs> um thanks guys yeah thanks thanks jay yeah super awesome peace out Bonsai Bulls, hands down the best bulls, period. Seven locations, two in Hawaii, five in Southern California. Bonsai Bulls, go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill, clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, for all your party pack and catering needs. You can also call them at 949-515-0909, calientesouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen. The best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen. It's been around since the sun. Shade, Shade. Sunscreen. <laughs> Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Foo Wax. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.